get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning and happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the Opening Drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Super Bowl champ Carrie Davis and Matthew Rocchio. Looking around, we're missing somebody. We're missing Randy hmm. Carriker. Randy with the day off, which, I mean, it's fine, guys, because nothing's going on, right? I mean, nothing, nothing. at all. No. Not, not any big news happening in for the St. Louis Cardinals. No, no, no way. Nothing going on. Just kidding. You know, Randy deserves some time off. I know that he's out golfing today, right? Is that what I he said? I do believe. He's a, he's a golfing man. He, he enjoys going on the golf course. He's golfing for <laughs> the well, Cardinals. for the Cardinals. And yeah. so I, oh, I just, that's nice. I can't decide if this is strategic on the Cardinals' part or strategic on Randy's Ooh, part. I like a I can't figure out which one it is. I like that. I know I was going to go there. Oh, I like that one. Well, speaking of which, yesterday the Cardinals shut out the Cubs, avoiding the sweep. Steven Matz looking great on the mound. Six scoreless from him, which is encouraging with the news happening during that game. The Cardinals making two major trades involving Jordan Hicks and Jordan Montgomery. Flamethrower Jordan Hicks dealt to Toronto in exchange for the Blue Jays' number seven prospect right-handed pitcher. Guys, we've been debating about this name all <laughs> morning. I don't know if this is ever going to get solved. Sim Roberse. Roberse or Roberse. Here's the thing. I put it on Twitter because there is recent video of him because he played in the Futures game where he says Sim Roberse. Now... Will this be another Nolan Arenado, Nolan Arenado? Will it be another Yaku Verana, Jacob Verana? Who knows? It will be it will be one of the greatest debates. We'll of have all to time. wait for him to say it out loud so we can hear <laughs> multiple it multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple say, times. Say it the same way multiple times because you said you've heard him say it in different ways. Oh my Robertson. Okay. There we go. Robertson. Sam Robertson. Sam Robertson. Sam Robertson from Sam the Robertson. Netherlands. Sam Robertson. Sam Robertson. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing Sam Robertson. Robertson? Well, I heard Robertson. Sam Robertson. Okay. Well, we'll anyways. Ask him. I'm going to get him on the celebrity line today. And, <laughs> hey, man, how do you pronounce your name? And let's say it slowly but, but, so that we don't continue to have this back and forth. Because even I was listening to Toronto media members, mm-hmm. and they were saying it multiple ways. I know John Mosellock said it a different way. But I'm going to go with what he said most recently in that Futures game. Also, in that trade, right-hander Adam Kloffenstein. It looks like it'd be Stein, but it is Steen. So a 21-year-old and 22-year-old double-A starters that will be heading to AAA Memphis, according to the Cardinals yesterday. Shortly after that, the second deal was announced. Starter Jordan Montgomery and reliever Chris Stratton dealt to the Texas Rangers in exchange for their number 11 prospect right-handed pitcher Takoa Roby, another great name. Their number 19 prospect infielder Thomas Sujasi and left-handed pitcher John King. He is 28 years old. How do you so- pronounce that last one? John King, okay. I think. Just making sure. I, I, John, I don't want to mess that one up. King. 
Kind? King Kind King. I, I, I think K I N G. Okay. You never John? know. John. I believe John. 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 John King. John King. Okay. King. I, I like that one. So the Cardinals Popo Mo stating recently before these moves were made that pitching, pitching, and pi- more pitching would be the focus for the club as they look ahead to 2024. Well, you lost some pitching, but you got back some younger, controllable pitching from a contract standpoint. But you don't know what you'll get with these young arms. And that's always the big issue. So, CD, how do you feel? And I know that you definitely will have some thoughts on Jordan Hicks. We hate to see him go, yeah. a Cardinals arm. But you can look at this both ways. And these are just rentals. And you were able to get something in return with some young prospects that could be a part of the Cardinals' future for well, a long time. Well, when I think when you're looking at trades, I, I think the question you have to ask yourself, are we better today than we were yesterday? I think right now you're not better today than you were yesterday because you have unknown commodities. You don't know what these young players are going to be now. Are you better? Are you going to be better next year than you were, you know, prior to trading those men? Possibly. But again, one of the things that that scares me in sports is when people talk about the potential of someone because potential just simply means that that person you believe that they can do it, but they haven't shown it yet or they haven't shown it consistently enough for people to uh, to feel like that person is going to be good enough. So right now we are we are in the wait and see mode. We got we got to figure some things out to finish up this season. We just got a text from the from the um, on the on the YouTube page saying, well, who's going to be starting now? Well, who's going to replace Monty? <laughs> Hell if I know. Why, why, why do you care? I mean, clearly. Does it matter? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Have, it does. have we get, have we given up on getting that top spot in that draft lottery for next year? So, yeah, people, so we're on. just gonna we're just gonna have a three man rotation here coming up shortly. Why not? Have you lose some games? No, we would definitely <laughs> be losing some games. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's um it's intriguing to figure out how they're gonna piece this starting rotation together, how this bullpen looks going forward. Uh, it does pain me to lose Jordan Hicks because he's yes. one of the guys that I think is going to be a superstar at some point in this league, a a, a multiple time All Star. You know, one of those guys that are are closing games in big moments in the playoffs. And, you know, you might see that now. It it would be painful to watch Genesis Cabrera and Jordan Hicks go 8-9. Oh, they're going to. (laughs) Go ahead and prepare for that. (laughs) And they are are winning playoff games, and and it's going to sting. It's going to be one of those things when you're watching – these teams and these guys that were performing well here. When you watch Jordan Montgomery as the as the number three pitcher over in Texas, you're going to be pained oh. by that because that team is going to that team is going to take off because they they also made another trade in Texas that that is going to help them as well. I think uh, what's his familiar name? name? He's pretty pretty familiar. Max, Max Max something. Scherzer? That's another name we got to work on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if his name's been out there enough yeah, or not. We'll, we'll figure it out. But but you're right. There's a lot of question marks, too, because it depends on who you talk to and all the different reports you see, if the Cardinals really won out on some of these trades or if they didn't. So what did the Cardinals pobo, John Mozeliak, have to say about parting with some of these arms that they've had, that they know what they're getting and getting these young prospects in return? You've heard me state in the past that that we were looking to acquire pitching, and that was certainly one of our goals, but we were also looking to find talent. Um, Obviously, this year has not gone as we planned, so we really want to focus on what 2024 and beyond would look like, and we felt like as we had players that were attractive to other teams, we had players that were coming, uh, becoming free agents, and we felt like the timing albeit unique for the St. Louis Cardinals, we had to do this. And um, 
it's not a happy moment, but we certainly um, are excited about the, the, the future opportunity we were able to acquire today. Well, he did warn everybody, right? He did say that they were going to look to move some of those expiring contracts in lieu of more talent and keeping that talent in that has more control, more contract control. So it seems like it was more about the contracts and playing those out. All three of those pitchers that were moved were set to be free agents by the end of the season. So you could look at this as... You know, these teams are just getting them for two-month rentals, but the likelihood of those returning, those pitchers returning, I would say is pretty low. Yeah, I, I mean, that's neither here nor there for the St. Louis Cardinals. That that has that that ship not gonna, has sailed. <laughs> that is that ship has sailed. It is gone. And I, I guess you you if you're the Cardinals and you're gonna lose these players at the end of the season for nothing, getting something in return makes sense. Um, but I think it would have made more sense to try to resign them to to try to re-sign a Jordan Hicks to try to and re-sign. They said, and they said that, yes. well, they didn't say that specifically, but it was reported. Yes. If it, that was more smoke and mirrors or they, if they, they really we thought, were close. We thought Jordan Hicks was going to be re-signed when they were in Arizona. They said his representatives were there yeah. meeting with the Cardinals. So we, we assumed that that was a possibility, uh, but he's no longer here. So I, I understand it in terms of trying to put together a, a deal to get something in return, but I said this all along. You... I believe the Cardinals overvalued what they have or what they had. And and the thought process that you were going to get something big in return for a Jordan Montgomery, for yeah. a Jordan Hicks, potentially a Jack Flaherty, or, or if they decided to move on a Tyler O'Neill or Paul DeYoung, that is not what other teams, that's not how other teams view these players for the Cardinals. Now, if you want something in return, you're going to have to give up something that you don't want to give up, and that is a Nolan Gorman. We got the news over the weekend that they are not going to re, uh, going to move Nolan Arenado. So, you know, that's the, the, the look of things for the Cardinals right now. You got guys that some teams like, but maybe not as highly as you think that they should like them. Well, it was interesting because to your point too, Buster actually tweeted out this past weekend, right before some of those moves were announced, that he was hearing that the Cardinals were overvaluing some of their players, the names yeah. that they're putting out there. It is interesting to note, you might have noticed that Jack Flaherty is a name that was not moved yesterday, so we'll see what will come into fruition today possibly with that. Dylan Carlson is a name that is continuing to be floated around. He's being attached to the Orioles, still with the Yankees. I wouldn't be surprised if Dylan Carlson and Jack Flaherty are packaged more because I honestly thought we would see more of that. You saw that with Montgomery and Chris Stratton. Mm -hmm. I think that that might be a possibility. And there are teams who are missing some bats. That was something that came out yesterday is that there aren't many talented bats available. So maybe you're able to get some value out of Paul DeYoung because that's another name that is still around. We'll see. Like I said, I, I think that, as you said, we, we learned over the weekend, the Cardinals may have overvalued what they have in return uh, for what other teams, how other teams value them. And that's got to be frustrating for the Cardinals because this season has gone. It has been a disaster. I mean, yeah. from from start to finish, you you started with all of the things you I don't know where you want to start. Is it Tyler O'Neill not running the bases? Is it Wilson Contreras <laughs> not being the catcher and it's moving the that. outfield? Is you it forgot the World Baseball Classic. The World Baseball <laughs> Classic and 18 players on the roster not there. What, what, what more could have gone wrong? Six starters and not six starters. It, it's so many things. And now you get to Infielders the trade deadline. Infielders in the outfield. Infielders in the yeah. outfield. You get to the trade <laughs> deadline and you're not getting the value that you thought you would get for your players. There is a lot that has happened 
in 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 the wrong way for the Cardinals this mm. season. This. I, I, you know, in football, when we have a bad game, we, we come in on Monday and sometimes the coach say, yeah, we're not going to watch that. We're going to burn the tape. We, we, yeah. we won't worry about it. We won't watch that film. There is nothing to be gained from watching you all play that poorly. I feel like the Cardinals need to burn the 2023 season. Just forget just about the, it? The entire season. Once this one is over, okay. you just put an asterisk by it, put a black line through it. It never happened. Kind of you like COVID, essentially. You, the you COVID don't worry season. about it. You just move on because it's not. It, it doesn't feel like it's going to get any better going towards the home stretch. So, yeah, put an asterisk by it. Put a, put a black line through it and, and move on. Well, obviously, this is going to be the big topic of today. So make sure you text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That's 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Rocky is busy over there, so he didn't participate. Hey, that two-part harmony it, is not as good fine. as three. Text us in and tell us what you think about the moves made. We said goodbye to Jordan Montgomery and to Jordan Hicks and Chris Stratton. What other moves do you think will be coming? You can also check us out on YouTube. That is 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to take a deeper dive into more of this with the trade talk and we're going to have on the celebrity line coming up at 7:30 Craig Mish who was the one who broke the story he actually scooped Ken Rosenthal which I think is a pretty big deal he scooped Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passan when it came to the report about Jordan Hicks and his move we also will have much more coming up we'll talk to Polo Asensio as well from the Cardinal Spanish broadcast about the moves made today and we'll talk to Cardinals beat writer Lynn Worthy to get more of the Cardinals perspective but coming up next we we're going to talk about the three things that we loved from the weekend. That's ahead on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. Randy Carricker is out golfing today. And Brooke, we got three things we love from the weekend. Number three. My number three, guys, is going to be the resurgence, or should I say recent resurgence? Because I, I know we got to see more of a body of work from him. The resurgence of Steven Matz. Doesn't it make you feel just a tad teeny bit better going into next season? I know that it's hard yeah. to find any. I'm looking for positives right now. Just a teeny bit better that Steven Matz is really showing that he wants to be a part of the 2024 starting rotation. And he just has looked really good in the month of July. And only five starts, he's only allowed a total of five earned runs, 26 and two-thirds innings of work. He has an ERA of 1.69. Those are things that are encouraging. John Mozeliak even mentioned yesterday that that's something that they feel good about moving into next year, that you wouldn't have to pencil him in into the starting rotation. You could actually put that in pin if he continues to perform this way. Do you think potentially there's a confidence factor that he, he looked at uh, just like the numbers and was like, well, just by like how math works, I'm going to be a starter next year. And so you just like <laughs> take com- some of that confidence out, factor. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to be here anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be in the rotation. So I'm going to go out there yeah. and just, I'm going to throw because no matter what happens, I'll be here. So I think there maybe could be a confidence factor that for Matt. Maybe. It, I, I, <laughs> I agree. I think, you know, he's been been doing fantastic his last couple of starts. Six innings pitched in both of those games um, and not walking people. He's only allowed six yes. walks this entire month. Um, I think that was what got him in trouble earlier in the season just walking trying to be too fine around the edges and not really attacking people that comes with having confidence in what you're doing and I think he's done a great job um, obviously this month of, of July and hopefully he can continue in August 
I, I, I do hope, because we like Stephen Matz. He's a friend of the show. He is. Super nice guy. You want the best. He just looks a lot more confident out there. Maybe it has a lot to do with what Rock was saying, that some of that pressure is alleviated. You start to look around and say, hmm, this guy's probably gone. This guy's gone. That leaves me. I mean, when you start looking around and you're looking at the numbers, I mean, he, he probably is very good at math. <laughs> we're he, look, he's better we're at mathing him, than some of us, yeah. Trading him. I'm going to need five of us, so I guess <laughs> maybe I'm good to go. Or sometimes six. Oh, oh good, depending on who you ask. Yeah. My number three, uh, I was watching MLB Network last night, and I saw the Hank Aaron Invitational. It's 44 of the top high school players, um, African-American young men. They were out. It was an outstanding thing to watch these young players. For me, being a, a young black kid playing baseball growing up, I love to see baseball being incorporated in the black community. So for me, watching those young men perform, having a great time, it was a great game. I really, and they were able to play in Truist Park in Atlanta uh, where the Braves played. That to me, when you get to play in a major league ballpark yeah. and, and be a part of that, uh, I was able to play in the Dome when I was in high school a oh, couple really? of times. Yeah, we played there four or five times. Wow. So uh, it was just it's fun to to envision yourself at that level at some point, And it's great for those young men. So I was I was really excited about that. That's an awesome experience. And you mentioned the envisioning it. That really is something that they talk about when it comes to kind of manifesting your dreams and helping them come true is actually to envision it. So if you put them in that environment where it's like, okay, I could actually be an adult here one day and possibly play in Major League Baseball. Giving that pathway and making it more accessible is always a win. Always. Number two. My number two. I'm going to continue with positives that I'm trying to find, right? There's a lot (laughs) going on with the Cardinals right now. I'm looking for some positives. Now, my ears always perk up when I hear a player comp with Brendan Donovan's name involved. Because we like Brendan Donovan, right? If you If you had multiple Brendan Donovans. We would would like him to play the field at some point, though. You know. Or am I... Am I wrong in, in that assessment? I, I think that would be great. Okay. His his arm does concern me. We were talking about that during the break <laughs> where it's like, I just wish if he needs to get surgery, I want him to do it now. I, I don't want to wait until November, the offseason, then possibly he's going to start out next season on the injured list. Brendan Donovan is a difference maker. I think that that's why they've also kept him around because of his ability at the plate. But when I hear a player comp to Brendan Donovan, my ears perk up a little bit. And that name that they were talking about yesterday in some of these trades, Thomas Sejaci. So Mo talked about it, about his versatility. You can see that he's played several different positions, 21-year-old. Um, he's dabbled at shortstop, second base, and third uh, third base as well. 15 homers this season, 17 RBIs, and can play anywhere on the field. Very similar to Brendan Donovan. Mm-hmm. I always get really excited, and I think Mo said something along the lines yesterday, if you had like nine Brendan Donovans, then uh, that's almost like as close to a perfect team as you can get. That's a high That's high praise for, for Brendan Donovan. If you have nine of them, you need... You need eight of them that can throw them. I was going to say you wouldn't have, you, <laughs> I was gonna say you wouldn't have anybody who can throw the ball. Somebody needs to throw. Please. I, I'm hoping that he was maybe thinking fully healthy okay. Brandon Donovan, right. well, not yeah. current Brandon no, okay. Donovan, just, but just, still current Brandon Donovan, sure. still effective. Okay. Was a Tommy yeah. fan of the Cardinals decided, tried that thing where they were like, we're going to relay the ball. Like he's going to like, it's going to be like a short relay because they, the, the outfit was having arm problems. I can't remember who it was, but they tried it like one time. It was a huge embarrassment. It was it was so bad, and, and I figured out that's how we get Brendan Donovan back on the field. Rock, who was a uh, what? What happened to uh, was it Nolan Gorman? Oh yeah, uh, he, he. I think he, he tweaked something. Yeah, I, th- I think. What did he? His back? Yeah, I think. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's got a little bit. When of back did that happen? Yeah, about a week back. Okay. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no. I I wish I wish people could see the one day I would put you guys on blast in our group text chain because this joke was said about 20 times last night before we even got to the show today and I don't appreciate that. This is supposed to be things I love from the weekend, not things I hated. We love it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, was, I was really proud of the one on the te- on the text line about last night. Oh, was, oh, it was the best. Thanks, my bro. number my number 2 was I had been waiting for this fight for as long as I could think. Bud Crawford, Terrence Bud Crawford versus <laughs> Earl Spence. Oh, it yeah. provided the 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 thought. What I thought was going to happen is exactly what happened. Bud Crawford is the undisputed pound for pound champion because he took it to Earl Spence early and often. He beat that man. He <laughs> beat the hell out of that man. And it was Glorious! It was one of the best, just offensive outputs that I've seen. For when you match those twos up, you put the you, those two guys up, you put those numbers up, and you say, "Oh, this should be a great fight." And all of the the people out there thought that Earl Spence had a chance. No way in hell. Bud beat the hell out of that man from the second round on, and it was marvelous. What do we call the fight here? The bludgeon. Yeah. It was, that was it not was a fight. A bludgeon. That was a bludgeoning. And, and to me, and I could be mistaken, and only only Terrence Bud Crawford would know this. I feel like he, you know, there's a saying, playing with your food. He was playing with his food on Saturday oh. night, beating oh, the hell. God. He did not want to take him out. You don't drop he somebody wanted, like that that many times without playing with He wanted him it. to feel yeah. the pain and feel the punishment, and Earl Spence felt every bit of it. Okay, I'm looking at some video right now because I did miss this, but I do love do love some good boxing and it oh was, my god it was a that's brutal yes yes it was <laughs> i love boxing though i i want boxing to return to Listen, even more greatness tw- twitter was saying and it, it ended up being true if andre 3000 is coming out of is coming out into public something's about to happen there you go <laughs> something good number one my number one so i was absent on friday and I think that we all made it very clear why I was absent this past weekend oh, yeah. or on Friday. Mm-hmm. I was out wedding dress shopping, and I did good, CD. You didn't, I wasn't, you didn't, I wasn't you didn't a bridezilla. Good for no. you. Good for David, actually. But, yeah, it, <laughs> I, was, I was very calm and collected. I didn't know what to expect going into that experience because all I've ever seen is that TV show, Say Yes to the Dress. Yes. So I was expecting, like, sassiness, drama, Theatrics, and it really wasn't. It, it was, was it was easy. very it was very Good easy peasy. Went to two bridal shops, and I found my dress. So I did say yes to the dress on my second visit, and it was a lot of fun. It, it was a lot chiller than I thought. I was just there with my mother and my mother-in-law, future mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. We had a great experience. We got to spend some quality time. I got to visit with family, uh, my cousins who I haven't seen in a little while, and so it was just a really fun reinvigorating experience nice. and I got to say yes to the dress. There was one moment of drama Okay, where no. the first bridal shop, I wasn't expecting this and maybe this is kind of like the TV show. I, I go in the dressing room it was the last dress and you know they, they go in there with you to mm-hmm. take off the dresses and help and then she was like so 
I know that you're going to another bridal store, but you can't go and play and beat the dress. Like, you need to make this decision. I was oh. like, uh, uh, Damn. I was like, uh, I was like, I do so bad that in this situation. Knows how to sell. I mean, I, and, and they do, they make a commission, but I, I'm telling you, I'm so bad in those situations where I feel like cornered and not expecting something like yeah. that. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was just like, uh, uh, um, well, uh, I mean, we're like making a weekend. She's like, no, if you're just trying to beat this dress, because there was you're a dress not- I did like there, then she was like, then you're wasting your time. You need to cancel your other appointments. I was like, did oh, you did you pick the I dress that she that no. she wanted <laughs> no. that she said? No. no, I ended up, and I'm glad I kept my appointments. Yeah. But it made me so nervous that in that moment, I was like, I gotta talk to my mom and mother-in-law. <laughs> like I resorted back to Childbrook. So that was That's my hilarious. one dramatic moment. Well, good for you. Glad you found your dress. Glad you didn't turn into Bridezilla and David and everyone in the in the store. Oh, there's uh, still time. <laughs> yes, indeed. My number one is my son Xavier had his birthday over the weekend. We celebrated. Had a yes. great time. Friends came over, turned 11 years old. Uh, he had a gaming truck on Friday. So they they bring they have these trucks with games on them that they play video games for like an hour and a half, two hours. They sat outside. It's air conditioned, thank God, because Friday oh, was hot cool. as could be. Yeah. And so they were inside playing the video games. I barbecued for them, and it was just a, a good time. Great birthday weekend for him. He was uh he enjoyed it. Did he have a big smile on his face? Yes. Which he, he always he, does. Yes, he was He was very happy about the entire weekend. He got all the gifts he could want and everything he could ask for. Oh, that's great. His, his CD son is awesome. He He's is, so sweet he is, and yes. funny. And out in public he is. <laughs> 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 that's Brooke up, Carrie. Coming up next, we go to the Celebrity Line and we visit with Miami Marlins. Miami Herald uh, reporter for the Marlins, Craig Mish, will be joining us. That's next on The Open and Drive. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azec to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Sue Camp. Harry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. We go to the celebrity line now where we will talk to Miami Herald Marlins reporter Craig Mish. Craig, breaking the story yesterday that Jordan Hicks was dealt to Toronto in exchange for two pitching prospects. Thank you for joining us today, Craig. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hope you're well. Yeah, we are doing really well. So let's go back to yesterday when you broke that news. How, from what you've heard, how long have the Blue Jays been interested in Hicks? And what do you know about the two young pitching prospects? Well, look, I, I think at the point where you look at the possibilities of players that were available of Hicks's caliber at the trade deadline, 
you know, the first player that some people thought would be available, Josh Hader for the Padres, depending on their situation, the Padres played much better. And so obviously it doesn't look like he's going to be traded. And then Miami acquired uh, David Robertson, who's done a great job closing for the Mets. He got the save from Miami yesterday. And so it was only natural, I think, at that point to look at Hicks on an expiring contract, which the Blue Jays did, and think that he's probably the next best in line. They, you know, Their closer, Jordan Romano, has been out. Uh, Hicks obviously could pitch the eighth. He could pitch the ninth. And so I think you know once they determined that they were not going to be able to get a long-term extension done, and I know that they did talk about one, uh, at that point the Cardinals decided, hey, look, it's probably best that we just move the player. And look, you know, the Cardinals could, if they wanted to, go back in the offseason once again and, uh, and you know and acquire him. But as far as what they got back in return, it looks like they got a pretty good return here. Look, I mean, these things are impossible to to really know what the future can hold. But um, any anytime you're getting prospects back, in an expiring contract, you just you just have to hope that you can see them in the big leagues in a year or two. Craig, uh, after the game, Ali Marmol said he was hopeful that maybe they can get those guys back at the uh, at the end of the season. Do you think that that's a possibility, knowing that Jordan Montgomery is gone, uh, Jordan Hicks is gone, and, and maybe you're losing Jack Flaherty at the end of this at the end of this trade dead, deadline as well? Yeah, look, I, I think that out of every t- ten times this happens probably less than one out of 10, the guy ends up going back to the team that he left. Probably like a half out of 10, maybe one at the most. So, yeah, I mean, Hicks may be the best shot of all of them because I think the the Cardinals are looking to go a different direction with starting pitching, and that's not that Montgomery didn't didn't pitch well for them. It's just they're looking for more guys that have swing and miss in the rotation, and I think that, you know, John Mazzalek has talked about that quite a bit. The Cardinals just didn't have those guys that were going to get more swings and misses. They were just reliant on the defense and, um, you know, it just didn't work out. So I, I don't know that any of them will be back. It's probably the odds are against that, but that's not to say that it can happen. It's just very, it's, it's very unusual for a player to be traded. And then the next year come back and say, yeah, I'll sign with you again. It happens very infrequently. We are talking to Miami Herald Marlins reporter Craig Mish, who has his pulse on all things Major League Baseball. As we mentioned, you were the one that was able to break the story yesterday that Jordan Hicks was dealt to Toronto in exchange for two pitching prospects. How are you hearing anything about the possibility of Jack Flaherty being moved or even a Dylan Carlson? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that there's a pretty good chance that Flaherty's moved in, in the next day or two. I, I do think the Cardinals have other things happening also. And I think that other players will be moved, maybe some that haven't even been mentioned yet. So I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on that and see. But it does feel like they're going to be one of the more teams in, in sort of reconfiguring what their team looks like for next season. As far as Flaherty is concerned, he's kind of the big chip, I think, that they're holding as far as an expiring contract. And then they do have a glut of middle, middle infielders and even outfielders to this point that they could trade who are under contract for the future that they could try and get a pitcher or two that could potentially help them in the future. So I, I do anticipate them trading Flaherty, and I do think the Cardinals are going to make other moves too. Craig, the uh, Miami Mar- Marlins, the team you cover, are in second in the division, but they're still vying for that spot in the wild card. What moves are they looking to make before the trade trade deadline? Yeah, well, I, I think that they would have liked Montgomery before he got traded to Texas, but you know, I, I think that's you know it, it, the Cardinals have to make the best deal that they're looking for. And and maybe Miami just wasn't willing to give up as much. I'm not really sure exactly what's going on there, but uh, Miami would like to add a a starting pitcher before, uh, before tomorrow at six o'clock. They also would like to acquire another bat of some kind, whether that's a third baseman or a first baseman 
uh, or middle infielder, that remains to be seen. But I still think that the Marlins, if I had to guess, will probably end up making two more moves, one for a pitcher and one for a bat, if they can. And if not, that's just the way the deadline goes. You never know. But that's my guess. You talked about Jordan Montgomery going to the Rangers. They also made another big trade over the weekend. What did you think about Max Scherzer uh, heading down to Texas? Yeah, that that was really interesting to see. What's most interesting about that deal to me is, boy, did we waste a lot of time talking about how good the Mets were going to be with that $350 million payroll, right? Like the Mets won the offseason and they're headed straight to the National League Championship or the World Series. And, uh, boy, the national media really ate that up, right? Like that that's going to be the team to beat. No stopping them. Padres right there, they're going to be the team to beat. It just goes to show you that you just cannot buy a championship. You could buy yourself into being competitive, but to just guarantee yourself a championship based on any payroll is almost impossible in this day and age in sports. So with the Mets eating some money, I I think that that made sense for them and for the Rangers losing their starting pitcher, Nathan Uvalde, on the injured list, at least for the time being. We don't know what that's going to look like. I think that that was a very aggressive move for them to – to get better. And, and I think also like the Cardinals, I think the Mets have at least two or three players that they could easily trade. But what, what happens is the, the, these, these teams are going to wait right up until six o'clock Eastern on, on Tuesday, to just maximize what they possibly can for maybe some team that didn't get somebody else that they thought. And that's why the trade deadline is there for a reason. So I do expect also the Mets to make some more moves, I would say by tomorrow. Do you think that there's a likelihood that the Cardinals and Marlins could make a move before the trade deadline? You mentioned some players that they could be looking for, and the Cardinals do have some guys available that could fit that. I do. I do. I I think that there is a chance. You know, the Marlins manager is Skip Schumacher. He has a very intense knowledge of of what the Cardinals have and and some of the players that he likes. And, you know, I, I think that that would certainly help any trade situation because he's going to really be able to identify what he needs to make Miami better. And so to answer your question is, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a shot that these two teams are able to hook up before uh, Tuesday at 6 o'clock Eastern. Now, I, I don't know exactly what the Cardinals would covet in the Marlins organization, but, the uh, you know, look, the Cardinals have a glut of outfielders. They have a glut of infielders. Miami's sort of on the uh, lacking end of a bat. They do have some pitchers in their minor league system who I think could help St. Louis in the future. So, uh, yeah, I do. I I think there's a chance of something happening. Thank you so much, Craig, for joining us. We know that you're super busy, so we'll let you get back to work. But thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Miami Herald Marlins reporter Craig Mish. You can also check him out here shortly on Newswire on SportsGrid coming up at 10 a.m. Coming up next... We are going to have take it or leave it. So be sure to text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. There we go, Rocky. That's coming up next on the Opening Drive. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for take it or leave it. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. 
and it is time for Take It or Leave It. We forgot Randy Carricker is out today. If you are he watching is. on the YouTube, you can check us out at 101 ESPN. You'll see an empty chair. Well, you'll yeah, see an empty chair. What do you have? Leave it. I'll just. Well, I'll put leave my it camera open. on, and I'll, and I'll do what the and I'll do the Randy Carricker. What camera. he's doing right now? <laughs> this is this is Randy, Randy Carricker on the range and preparing for his uh, tea time. If he hasn't already started, we do miss you and love you, Randy. Also, I need uh, this kind of practice. So thank you very much. We all do. So, Brooke, we were talking about. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and his incident going forward with the Indianapolis Colts. He requested a trade, allegedly. Well, I guess that's not allegedly. He actually did request a trade. Allegedly, there were some reports that he had a bad back and he was going Wait, to... Carrie, how long has he had that? Uh, about a week back. No, uh, it's too many. <laughs> we haven't even gotten past 8 o'clock. We've already done two in the 7 o'clock hour. No! Consistency, Carrie. That's, that's the name of the game. Do. So... The the I lost my lost my thought <laughs> train of thought there. Thank you, right? <laughs> Jonathan Taylor injured on the injured list, um, possibly. Take it or leave it. The NFLPA does not allow the Indianapolis Colts to prevent him from playing this season and not being paid and not accruing another season. Ooh. I don't because know. that was the report. If if he does go to the uh, injured list, if he does go to the non-football injured related list, he will. Not, the, the Indianapolis coach could then not pay him for the entire season, which would then not allow him to accrue a season, making him one year short shorter of being a free agent. Okay, not to put you in a weird spot or on the spot, but I have heard that the NFL PA is not exactly maybe the strongest no, out of the Baseball players' is. associations. Yeah. Baseball, fantastic yes. players' association. And I don't know if that has something to do with the length of players and their it's playing time. too many time. people. Okay, that's We have way is. more. Basketball is better. Yeah. In a, in a Major League Baseball is better. When you have 53 men on a roster in comparison to 15, yeah. 26, it's a lot easier to manage uh, 26 people or, or 15 people than it is 53. Uh, and so you have, the you have more people that are, are have more opinions. That would be the only thing where I'd say I'd leave it because that does concern me. But I would hope that the NFLPA does the right thing here. I, I think they will. I, and then Jonathan Taylor came out and said he didn't mention that he had a bad back and he's uh, okay. So yeah. maybe it's all much ado about nothing. He, he tweeted out late last night. I sent it to you guys. He said, never had a back pain, never reported back pain, not sure who sources are in air quotes, but find new ones. Yikes. Hmm. So, like what it. Is it, so what does that even mean, you think? Well, I, I think sometimes sources could be the person, the player's agent. Oh. It could be conversation. Sometimes it's a lot of things that I think take place. Sometimes the agent say something and then when it doesn't go the right way, then the player can come out and say, no, that's not what I said. That's not how it went. You never know where the sources came from. I generally believe reporters when they give information because that's their They're career it from somewhere, and and that's their career. They wouldn't yeah. just make something up. So if they are saying something, generally speaking, someone has told it to them. Now, whether or not that's good information is another thing. But generally speaking, they got that information from somewhere. I know you're probably gonna get like a flurry of texts into that says like, no, I don't believe reporters. Here's the thing: Clearly. is usually when they say if it's somebody who's accredited and has been in the business for a long time, reporting wise, they are getting it from someone. But sometimes that person might purposely be giving you bad information because yeah. they want to, to get see, it out in the public yeah, to see if you're if you're going to speak on it exactly yeah. so my take it or leave it guys it's very interesting what craig mish was talking about it seems like the marlins really need some bats which is interesting because the cardinals have some bats available don't don't touch them no don't touch them alone 
Take it or leave it, Nolan Gorman uh, is the name that he might be thinking of. Now, what you will get in return, that is a good have question. He kind of coy kind of way of describing it, didn't he? And you I can always, see the smile. Coy, yes. coy, implies subtle, <laughs> coy implies subtlety. Yes. There's nothing subtle about that. There is nothing subtle. I think that there could possibly something worked out. And, you know, you never know with Jack Flaherty, Dylan Carlson. Is that something that you try to move to the Marlins? They've been attached. Those two have been attached to the Yankees. But what always concerns me is when you have a player all of a sudden kind of get removed or scratched from a game right before the trade deadline. It's always sketchy. Oh, yeah. It's uh, always I, sketchy. <laughs> Rock is fighting it. He's fighting the urge. Are you going to take it or leave it, guys? I, I'm going to leave it. He's okay. fighting the urge to do the week back joke. <laughs> <laughs> It's too many in one segment. I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. Can we stop with the back injuries? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So tempting. I wasn't going to do it. Oh, gosh. That was was tough, though. Um, Take it or leave it. The best player acquired by the Cardinals yesterday will turn out to be Thomas Sejaci. Is that what I'm saying, right? The infielder. Sejaci. That's the infielder. So, and that's Multiple positions, no batting gloves. Oh, Oh, baby. This sounds like a Cardinal. That sounds like a Cardinal. All righty. That sounds like a cardinal. Also, according to Fangraphs, I, I, I did appreciate that Fangraphs in their breakdown of Sejaci, um, while everyone else is talking about his ability to be, be like a multiple play infielder, I just like this. This is from the Fangraphs breakdown. Sejaci can't play shortstop. He's best at third and can moonlight at second, which I think is an interesting breakdown when you think about the Cardinals' positional future. Mm. They got a shortstop already. He's in waiting. He's coming up. Okay, they, so don't need a, they don't need a shortstop. Okay, fine. He's best at third and can moonlight at second. Thoughts, Gary? Well, put him at. All right. no, Sounds I don't like know. he could be anywhere if he if he's getting that. He played comparison. all four. He played every every position in the infield. I feel like is that is that just what you need to start to do as a player at this point? The more you can do is uh, what they've always said. That or be a lefty. Oh, there you go. Oh, you can't do both. Can't do both. You can't play lefty and play shortstop. So you gotta you gotta figure out either you can be, be a left-handed bat. You gotta be either be a lefty. In, as, a, as a thrower, as a pitcher, <laughs> or you got to be uh, be able to play three positions, or yeah, you can just absolutely just yam it. Especially, no, that's not true though, because we the Cardinals have a certain guy who can, who's lefty and he just yams it, and yet somehow we're worrying if he's going to be able to get enough wow. at bats at DH next year. Mm. Oh, well, I got to figure some things like out. I'm telling you, left-handed pitcher is what you should push all your children into. I, I do not disagree with that. Gary, you, you, you talked about how you were your love of baseball yes. earlier in the show in, in the Three Things segment, and we're talking about the problem with running backs right now. Take it or leave it. Kerry Davis wishes he would have been a left-handed oh, reliever instead of a fullback. Oh. Take it. <laughs> Listen to me. I, 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 was, I, I was a pitcher. I played pitcher. I, I was a pitcher. I played third base. I played catcher. I wish I would have just kept playing baseball. Really? Oh, if yeah. you could go back, knowing 100%. the NFL career and that you'd win a Super Bowl, you would go back and pick baseball. Take it. Really? Yes. 100%. Wow. I'm not shocked by this at all. Yes. I'm not shocked by this at all, Brooke. I, wow. I, yeah. You know how many times Carrie's seen a lefty reliever with like a 4.8 ERA get I $7 ran. million? Dollars? If I wasn't going to be 6, 8, Four million? 6, 10, yeah. I can average. Now, if I'm 6, 10, I can average eight points a game and, and, I'll and, I'll make, that. and make 200 million. I, 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 I'm going to go get you eight rebounds, gonna, no, no, eight points, no, no, and okay, get sorry. 200 million. We're going to give you 6, 1. You're going to be more of a Tink Hence kind of Tim Linscombe uh, kind of. I, build it well, as I, a I was never built that that well, thin, so kinda, that, that's kind of. There's not a lot of six one pitchers. I don't know if you've seen me. There's not a lot of six one pitchers. I don't know if you've seen me. I've not never been thin. We're gonna lengthen. <laughs> Take your leave. It. The Cardinals <laughs> trade a controllable player for major league pitching before the deadline. 
Carrie, controllable pitcher. Carrie, that's all you controllable want. pitcher do we have to trade? No, they trade a controllable player. A controllable oh, player. Major controller league pitcher. Yes. Exactly what you want. Carrie, do you see it happen? I'm going to ta- take it. Who? Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, or Tommy Edmonds. Not for a major league ready pitcher. Leave it. They've already done that, essentially. They've traded away some pitchers, which I know that they're rentals. But still, I think that when you are looking for, for when you're major looking league at ready year, right now to finish this season, they got who? How many? Miles Michaelis is suspended for another game. <laughs> so another two games. So who who is pitching? Who's on first base? Well, what are we doing in the starting rotation? I don't know. Alec Whoever Burleson's still around. Alec Burleson's oh still God, around, right? I don't want to see that again. I love Alec. <laughs> I don't need to see him pitching. <laughs> you never know. I don't need I to feel see like, that. I feel like you still got to figure out. Do we even have enough people in the bullpen season. to have a bullpen game? <laughs> <laughs> that was the, cur- oh, the concern oh, oh. after Michaelis, too. I just like, guys. Uh, do we have enough people? Who, who's Carrie, on the yes, roster? You're not, you're not realizing that the most impactful 2023 Cardinal from this trade deadline is going to be our guy, John King. <laughs> Well, clearly. Oh, the, guy's yeah. so- he's the, guy's a- the guy's about to soak up some Michael Myers no, he, level in. He's literally gonna be- just going to be Suarez because they, still here. Yeah, they they just literally need somebody who can just come eat some innings. What is he, 28 years old? Leahy, what numbers? Leahy can. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see these guys. Pelante. Oh, somebody's going to have to start the next game. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals still need to acquire a piece that can fit into their 2024 rotation, even if it's a back-end starter, given that it looks like they will still have three open rotations based on what they got yesterday. Take, Take it. it, but I think it's going to happen in free agency. Who You mean you got... You got to go You got to go gonna have, Yeah, if, you, if Jack Flaherty is gone, and, and we, are, we believe Adam Wainwright is done after the season because he told us Jordan Montgomery is gone, you got three spots. I, you, you got ha- two starters. You have to go and spend some money. This off season, I mean, and that's the that's the the only option, right? Like that's literally going to be the only option, because what else are you going to do? Take it or leave it. Jack Flaherty gets traded by the end of today. Ooh, leave by it. the end of today, Tomorrow. I think that could be. I mean, yeah, I think I think what Mish said that it could be like right up into the trade deadline with some you know, of these. I mean, he's final talking moves. about the Cardinals being, you know, fairly aggressive. I, do they, do we? Is it nothing today, and then just a flurry of two or three moves tomorrow? I think we got to get something today. If the Cardinals what are, what do you quote, think? Unquote, Maybe like De Young today. Is he that says what you're they thinking? were one of the most aggressive, one of the most active teams in the market. He expects them to be, or could see them being. I guess is, is a better way to put it. They're they're getting a deal in today, and it's not, it might not be the Flaherty one, so I'll leave that. But I'm I'm, I'm, I'm throwing we, out my own take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. There's a deal done today for the Cardinals. I'm taking it. 100%. I think it's a deal, but it's not going to be the splashy yeah, one. I, I think agree. Flaherty's move tomorrow, like you said, CD. Can we leave Jordan Walker not being taken out of the game? Yeah. No, I'm okay with the no no. I, why? I'm completely why? okay with why? the defensive why? replacement. Why? But here's what the, the hell are we working for here, Rock? Why? What the hell is the purpose? You Tell got, me. You got to work with Willie McGee why? before the game. Why? Why? What, what? Because this is playoff push here? Why? No. What the hell is the purpose? Is Why? there a confidence factor? You, get, you know how you get confidence, Rob? You, you work with Willie McGee before you, the game. The hell you do. You get confidence by playing in the game. That's how you get confidence. I don't get you. <laughs> Why? What are we? What's the purpose? I think that I think to CD's point, I do think that's fair. At this point, you didn't <laughs> what are you because you're already, you're you're already moving guys. You don't Man. know what your pit, your starting rotation is going to look like for the rest of the season. Why not get him reps? Why, Why not get him as many reps as possible? You don't possible? think three more innings of work would be beneficial? Two more innings of work would be beneficial? Yeah, I do. I think it's dumb. 
It's just, but, it, it doesn't make any sense. At this point, you might as well, because you already hindered him when he was in the minors by not giving him enough reps in the outfield. Why not make it right now when you know you've already pretty much said you're punted you on the rest of the season? You ain't playing for the playoffs, man. <laughs> They're trying doing? to win, CD. They're trying for to win what? every day. I don't know. Ever for each for other. For, uh, for love. They're man, fighting for clearly, love. They're fighting for love. I like a solid strategic defensive <laughs> substitution. Those are that's it's for winning teams, Rock. That's when you're playing well. Yeah, you're right. That's when you no. when you when you need to win every game. And, and clearly, you want to win every game. I get it. But him getting reps is kind of important. I agree. Very important, especially if he's going to, what are you going to do this for the rest of his career? When he just let him play. <laughs> the hell are we doing? You Alec, are, you are. Okay, Alec Burleson is. Where are we at in the division? Alec Burleson. Are we still last or are we second? He's your first baseman of the future. Do you not have any, oh, any respect for that? He's got to get at bats. Uh, he was batting. Yeah, Dylan Carlson is who they kept bringing in. Oh, we're last again. Okay, all right. No <laughs> surprise the there. <laughs> Try la 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rock. <laughs> That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we have our fresh take, the Cardinals and their trade deadline madness. What's next for Mo and Co? We'll talk about it next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with Schnucks Rewards app. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. Your time is 8.02, yet time check is brought to you by Clarkson's Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Brooke, the Cardinals made some moves yesterday prior to the trade deadline. Jordan Hicks was moved to the Toronto Blue Jays for right-handed pitcher Sam Rabersa and right-handed pitcher Adam Klofenstein and uh, Jordan Montgomery, Chris Stratton were sent to the Rangers for infielder Thomas Sejaci, right-handed pitcher Takoa Roby and left-handed pitcher John King. Cardinals are still looking to potentially move some pieces. Yes, sir. Uh, Brooke, you're the you're the expert. How did Kerry do? How did Kerry do? Pronunciation. Uh, you did say Sam, but Sim. it's Sim because he's Dutch. Sim. He's Dutch. Sim. He's from this, the where's Netherlands. My, where's my clip? Jesus, uh, here's the thing. We just did I get the last name correct? Here's the thing. I don't know if anybody can be wrong in this situation because I went down a rabbit hole last night to see if I could figure out the correct name pronunciation for him. I heard broadcasters say it a different way. I heard, I mean, even like people doing interviews with him say it a different way. Toronto media had different ways of saying it. And then even Sam himself said his last name, I kid you not, three different <laughs> ways when I looked on YouTube. It depended on the year almost. Because really? I, I went back to interviews two years ago. He would introduce himself and he would say Robert Say, or he would say the way that John Mosellock said yesterday, which how did he say it? I can't even remember I how Mosellock. he said Robert, Robert It was like very Robert fancy. Sa. Yeah, it was very fancy Rob, the way he Rob, said it. Robert Robert yeah. Say, but Robert then the video that I just put on Twitter that I know that Rockio has too, he said Sim Robertson. Well, listen. You, you here, here's Seth, some here's Robert some Seth. here's Robert some great Seth. valuable information for for. Hi, this is Sim Robertson. I'm from Sim Robertson. Hi, this is Sim Robertson. So that, that for you, was for Sim. 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 Hi, this is Sim Robertson. I'm 
it I, depends I'm gonna on the give year. him some valuable advice. Okay. If you want people to know your name, all you got to do is ball, and they will know your name. They will exactly. pronounce it however the hell you want them to. I do hear people say, say Arenado, and I was I was one of those day, people. To this day, people still say Arenado. They do. And also, what was the one that Petra- even Alex Petrangelo, his name has been mispronounced a oh, lot. Yeah. Peter McGuire used to call him Peter Angelo. Peter Angelo. I like that even But better. a lot of people did because I think his uncle or cousin also played in the NHL, and he just let the name go, whatever <laughs> pronunciation. And Alex eventually said... For the family, I made sure that we started getting it right because, I, I don't know, I understand as a player, as an athlete, but I understand sometimes, too, where it's just like, I get it. Like, I, I have a last name that's hard to understand. I just don't feel like correcting people, so they just let it continue on. There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. And <laughs> <laughs> You need a cut from uh, from The Wire, Marlo, who said, my name is my name. So make sure we get the names correct. So, Brooke, we were talking to uh, Craig, Mish, Craig Mish earlier today and talking about possibly could the Cardinals still be looking at potential trade pieces. Uh, Brooke, what do you think about the Cardinals and, and where they are in terms of what's going to happen here in the next, I don't know how many hours we have left, a day and a half before the uh, trade deadline hits? I believe... And I know this is going to be crazy because every time I say this, I'm going to start believing John Moselock when he's kind of hinting what? towards some moves. No, when Brooke, he's, stop, when he's, stop, when let he's me starting stop you. to hint towards Brooke, some to moves. Stop you. Okay. I have to stop you because okay, we, we've listened. We've listened to, to a lot of things and you, you're going to believe that. N- I'm going to believe okay. this now okay. because he did say that there were going to be sellers. And what did that they seem are, like yesterday? I'm going to believe him right now. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The, he was asked yesterday and he kind of had a little bit of a grin on his face. I don't know if you saw that press conference where he's like, I don't think we're done. And I don't think the Cardinals yeah. are done. I think that you still have some bats uh, from all the reports that I've read. There's still some teams looking for some bats and they felt like that there's not enough out there. And so that's going to be a hot commodity where you could still move around some pieces I think still that Dylan Carlson is a name that's being floated out there. Paul DeYoung, I, of course, think that he is going to be moved, but they want to make sure they can get a lot in return, kind of what you saw with these three pitchers, which you hate to see go. But I'm trying to really look at this as they're really just rentals for the other teams, right? Just two months, essentially, maybe longer if their teams go on well, like the Rangers, because they made a flurry of moves. They made a lot of moves this past weekend. I'm just looking at those pitchers. They were going to be gone by the end of the season anyways. You were able to get a lot in return for that when it comes to prospects and even possibly potential Major League starters down the line. Because if you even look at Major League Baseball pipeline for the Cardinals and the top prospects, the way that the guys have kind of sifted in now, the projections are all 2024. I I don't know. I mean, Takoa Roby is very interesting. He already, as soon as he was added to the Cardinals pipeline system, is at number four. You have Mason Wynn, of course, at number one. Tink Hintz at number two. Gordon Graceffo. And then Takoa Roby already right there at number four. Mason Wynn, I assume we're going to see him here soon this season. We hope so. And and I think it needs to be said on Roby that while the numbers aren't great, you know, you look at at a a 5 ERA, Justin AA, he's had a shoulder injury, which I know these things are are going to worry some people, but then when you you look at the the things that obviously attracted the Cardinals, which is he's got a killer curveball, he's got a solid fastball, and his fastball speed isn't isn't the greatest thing in the world, but he's got a crazy spin rate on his fastball and he's got, he he works four pitches, a changeup and a slider in there as well. So, I mean, he's just, the, the profile 
profile of a Roby is something you can see why the Cardinals liked him. And honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they're talking about him in the discussion alongside Libertor and Hudson as fighting for a job next year because he's he's got that profile and again if his shoulder's fine i think it changes you know their their outlook for him and that's a big concern because john mosaic spoke about that yesterday about i guess making sure he talked him on the phone making sure that he would be able to kind of get back to throwing because of course when your name's being brought up in discussions you're kind of in a standstill that moment but also if you look at the guys that they were able to get for jordan hicks with adam kloffenstein and uh, Sim Roberse, we're still working on that. A 21-year-old. Roberse. I like Roberse. 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 I I like both. We'll we'll go back and forth. <laughs> 21 and 22 years old. 22 years old. Both Double A starters. But very important to note that the Cardinals saying that they will go to Triple A Memphis. Mm-hmm. Which what's after Triple A Memphis? Well, supposed to be the big leagues. No It'll big be interesting leagues. to see what happens with that. But I still do think that we're not done yet when it comes to some of the moves. We had Craig Mish on with us earlier, and he doesn't think the Cardinals are done and also feels like the Miami Marlins could be a good pairing for the Cardinals. I think that there is a chance. You know, the Marlins manager is Skip Schumacher. He has a very intense knowledge of of what the Cardinals have and and some of the players that he likes. And, you know, I, I think that that would certainly help any trade situation because he's going to really be able to identify what he needs to make Miami better. And so to answer your question is, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a shot that these two teams are able to hook up before uh, Tuesday at, at 6 o'clock Eastern. Now, I, I don't know exactly what the Cardinals would covet in the Marlins organization, but, the uh, you know, look, the Cardinals have a glut of outfielders. They have a glut of infielders. Miami's sort of on the uh, lacking end of a bat. They do have some pitchers in their minor league system who I think could help St. Louis in the future. So, uh, yeah, I do. I, I think there's a chance of something happening. He says, I don't know what the Cardinals would covet, but in other words, I know what the Miami Marlins would covet. I know who we would like. <laughs> His name is Nolan Gorman, potentially. That that may be a name that I think a lot of teams are looking at now. Are the Cardinals willing to make that trade? If they if they moved Nolan Gorman, you're not looking at minor league pitchers. You're not looking at top prospects. You're looking at a major league ready pitcher, a guy that is a star right now. And that would be, I'm not trading Nolan Gorman for anything less than Sandy Alcantara. Anything less than Sandy Nothing Alcantara. Less. There's no way Nothing that you would less. get Sandy Alcantara in return. Not, maybe not yes. one for one. Because but the, the best long-term thing is to sell on a guy at his absolute lowest value and then buy him back at his absolute <laughs> lowest value. Well, look, That's how you do it. And you know what? Sometimes in business you have to realize I made a mistake. And you're going to need what, Rock? What do we need? Rock, do tell. Pitching? pitching. Okay. Pitching. So, pitching. And, and then more Pitching. Okay. Well, their number one prospect is a That's uh, cool. right-handed That's pitcher awesome. who's wonderful, perfect, MLB ready right now. I love He's MLB ready. The top prospect. Yeah. Is he, is he in, ready? Is he in the MLB? Uh, I don't know. But he's major league is ready. He, or is he? Because here's the thing: if he's major league ready, then he should be there, shouldn't he? Yeah. No. Okay. Miami Marlins are they world beaters right now? Uh, he has pitched. Not great in okay. his six innings in the majors. Six innings. Uh, he's killing it in the minors. You know, awesome. Three and four with a again 3.7 ERA in AAA. Doing, he's looking pretty good in 12 starts there. 
I don't and 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 I don't think ten point one strikeouts for nine. Uh, his number's not not great in okay. his six uh, innings, seven point five ERA. I don't think that Nolan Gorman is something that someone that they should trade. You, I don't think need, that they should move him at all. I, but if you want something thing. in yeah. return, you're going to have to put a name to it. Somebody other than Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Paul DeYoung is not going to warrant the return that you that the Cardinals need. And that's no offense against those guys. It's just not they're not viewed as highly as other teams, as the Cardinals view them. I just don't see them possibly moving on for Nolan Gorman unless you're getting a pretty good little decent haul in return because we do have to think we haven't seen a long enough body of work and he has been streaky at times. So those are all things that teams are going to bring up. I don't want to see Nolan Gorman go because I think we all know what would happen. He's going to be an all-star in the future. He's going to do a lot of fantastic things. I'd rather see him do that for the Cardinals organization. But once again, this is the the position that they've put themselves in where you're desperate for starting pitching. And if you are able to work out some sort of deal with that, maybe. Also, it's a little context. We had an earlier clip that we'll play a little bit later in the show from Craig where he kind of mentioned that there there could be a move from the Cardinals in a, in a name we haven't heard as much. That's why we're throwing out Gorman. I think really still very likely Flaherty, like uh, Craig said, Flaherty yes. probably gone. When we talk about what's next, Dylan Carlson, Carlson could be outfielders. And again, he wouldn't bring in the haul from the Marlins, but I still think he could be a bat the Marlins would want. Here's another one I'm going to throw out. We haven't talked about it. We have, haven't been as high on him as maybe the numbers would say. Could the Marlins maybe be going for a bat like Alec Burleson? Maybe. Yeah, no. He seems like he's uh, the odd man out for a lot of ways that Carlson but I is. Think I, I'm, not, I'm just talking they about They do want him value. to be the fourth outfielder. And that's what they want. So, I'm, 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 again, I'm trying to con- combine Marlins being a good pairing. You know what you're trying to do. Maybe a name that isn't being thrown out there as much. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. You're trying to sell the Marlins. I don't want to lose Norman. That they, I don't want to lose Norman. <laughs> you you're not going to get anything <laughs> back. Well, that's Terry, not how trades work. You're the one who's being stingy about <laughs> what you're not. getting back. I'm okay with whatever. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, well, then you're okay with 2024 as well. That's rock. For like a month. There we go. That's Rock. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we go to the celebrity line and speak with our great friend, Spanish language broadcast ho- co-host and co-host of Brooks Balk about it. You yeah. all are doing a wonderful we job talk on about your podcast. Baseball and talk stuff. a little bit about ba- bra- <laughs> baseball. We got Polo Asensio joining joining us next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Carrie Davis and Matthew Rocchio. No Randy character today, but we are going to head to the celebrity line to speak to Cardinals Spanish language broadcaster and co-host of our podcast that we do together. Balk about it. Polo Asensio. Polo, how are you doing today? Buenos dias, Brooke. Buenos dias, Carrie. Buenos dias, Rock. <laughs> Buenos dias. Feliz, feliz lunes para todos. A gusto, tranquilos, contentos. Tú sabes, estamos hablando de pelota, hablando de béisbol, que si los cardenales, que si esto, que si lo otro. Hey, let's live life. Let's live life and let, let Mo work, man. Let, like, I, like I always say, and Mo, I trust. Oh. So, I trust Mo. I have learned to trust Mo. And I've told them, not only when I'm doing interviews and stuff, I've told them live, face-to-face, in front of them. Like 50 people, I remember, no, no, more than 50 people, probably like 200 people in a little room. I said, Mo, I've learned to trust you. And next to Mo was Mr. DeWitt, and DeWitt uh, Jr., DeWitt the third. Everybody was there, so they know that I trust Mo. I do. <laughs> I trust them. And, and, and I, sometimes you need to uh, um, get really, really sick 
to be well, right? Mm-hmm. And this season, the Cardinals have been sick from the beginning. We thought we had something different than what we actually have. And it's from the beginning. You know, I tell people the first week of Cardinal baseball was crazy. The whole, you know, situation, controversy with Tyler O'Neill. Then we go to, to Wilson Contreras. Then this, then that, then this, then that. You know what? Let's enjoy the rest of the season. And like Mo said yesterday, we're getting ready for the future. Whatever that means, it means I hope I'm here for the future. If not, hey, whoever is here, I hope they enjoy it. There you go. Well, I hope you're here for the future, Polo. We have a podcast (laughs) together called Balk About It. You got to be here, right? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to dive in a little bit deeper to that, where you mentioned that you trust in John Mozeliak. It, it is painful to see Jordan Hicks go, Jordan Montgomery go, and Chris Stratton. But the way that I keep trying to look at this is that these are essentially just rentals for the team, and you were able to get back some young, controllable talent that you hope can be a part of this Cardinals organization in the future. So how do you feel about these young guys coming in, but also saying goodbye to Hicks, Montgomery, Montgomery and Stratton. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> well, let, me, let me just let me just say something. Let me just say something. Jordan Hicks. This choice of last meal in St. Louis was McDonald's not open? Was Taco Bell not open? I mean, I don't know if you saw his post, but I was like, really, dude. Okay, you could have called me and make you a quesadilla or something. But, hey, you know, the guy is healthy. The guy is filthy. And we got, according to the reports and the papers that we've seen, really good prospects. One of them, Robert Say, Robert Samamakusa. I already have his call. (laughs) I already have his call. So bring me guys with interesting names, and I will make them sound really, really fun, really, really good. Again. We got what we got. Hopefully, if we trade more guys, those guys that we bring in make a difference in the future. One trade that you guys have not talked about, Genesis Cabrera to Toronto. We got a catcher, 19-year-old catcher that is supposed to be a really good catcher in a few years. Hopefully, again, this kid, I I forget his name. I think he's 19 years old from Puerto Rico, out of high school. Let's not forget about that. We're talking about what happened yesterday, right? And the guys we, we, we lost, but those guys are guys that were going to be gone. Anyway, those guys that we, we, you know, we looked at, uh, we've heard, I don't know the terms or whatever, that uh, Jordan Higgs, they were working on an extension for the next three years. Something didn't work out. And like most said yesterday, because I was there for the, uh, for the uh, pregame uh, press conference, Mo said himself, Ali Marmol, they talked to every single one of those players and told them, hey, just because you're gone right now, doesn't mean that you're not going to be back maybe soon in the future. And that happens so many times. You trade a player, and then next thing you know, you get those prospects, and later in the offseason, that player comes back. Polo, what do you think they're going to do with this starting rotation? You you got – Montgomery is gone, probably going to lose Jack Flaherty here in the next, uh, I guess, 24 to 36 hours, potentially. Uh, Steven Matz has performed well, but what do you think they're going to do with the rotation for the re- remainder of this season, and what do you expect for next season? For the remainder of the season, yep. pitch who you have. Pitch what's available. I mean, I don't see them making a trade for a starting pitcher. Maybe they will surprise me, but I am very excited for the future. 
And and not so much for the names that you guys have been talking about all morning, all the AAA guys, maybe AA guys, the ladies, the, the Dakota Hudson. But now this tells me that you need to go and spend on, on, on starting pitching. Either if it's, again, if it's Jack Flaherty, if he stays, what if he stays and they sign an extension with him? What if Montgomery comes back? But still, you are going to need at least one, at least one, like, ace to come into this rotation. You cannot trust so many young guys at the same time. Look at what the Braves do. The Braves, slowly, they bring Strider, they bring uh, Elder, once at a time, one at a time. They don't bring two, three, four guys at the same time. Once they get to the big leagues, then they get together. You know, wow, that system of the Braves is great. I believe that's what's going to happen here. You bring one, maybe two uh, starters for next season. Then you bring everybody in once at a time. The McGreevies, the Persephos, the Tim Kens, and, and whoever they, we get. At one point in the future, this rotation is going to be very, very scary with all those guys. But I don't think next season we're going to see all those three, four, five guys that we all hear about for the last one, two, three, or four years. But at one point, they're going to get here. So that, that, get, that gets me excited. And there's some names available out there. I'm talking to you, Julio Urias. Hopefully, we'll see them here next season. You're already putting in a word. You should put in a word to Mosellock about that. Uh, who says uh, that I haven't? Oh, <laughs> Polo, I know you. I know, that, I know that you probably said it to him at length. I wanted to just touch back. I know that we're focusing on pitching and what that will look like, but you mentioned the catching position, and we've talked about this at length on Balk About It, our podcast, which you can check out on 101ESPN.com. It's on YouTube, and you can see yes. Polo and I talk. We've talked about this at length, the whole Wilson Contreras situation, how it's been the huge storyline of this season outside of them just not playing well, which is a whole team issue, not a Wilson situation. Do you yes. think Thank that you. they will do something to address this during the offseason and kind of figure out a different game plan moving forward going into next season? You have to, right? You have to. You have to You have to use, like I said before, this season as a lesson, not only for 2024, but for the future, for the fans, for the team, for the front office. You have to do that because, Wilson, you signed him to be here for five years. It's, it's going to be difficult to move that contract and somebody that, yeah, I mean, his bat is his bat. The bat is doing what the bat's supposed to do. Behind the plate, I think it's the same thing. He is doing what he was supposed to do at the beginning. It was just a rocky situation, a rocky uh, uh, relationship. Like I said, starts a little weird with the WBC. A lot of guys leaving. He doesn't get to know them. When they come back in, it's kind of late in the season, and then everything happens in April, right? A lot of situations. But I think by now, they know what they really have in Wilson Contreras. And the most important thing, Wilson Contreras knows what he has in this team, in this front office, and the manager, and everybody else. I mean, the, the, the way Miles Michaelis has come out to bat for Wilson Contreras, to me, it's amazing. You know, that's, that's the kind of leadership you expect from somebody else or some other guys that have been here for a long time. But when, when Miles Michaelis says, that's my guy, that's my best friend, even the other day when he hit first, he tried, well, Oh, 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 it looked suspicious, right? I mean, I'm not saying he did. It was a little suspicious that two fastballs kind of got away. But regardless, it's baseball. Baseball takes care of itself, and Miles Michaelis took care of him. So if Miles gets in the head of those that maybe think different of Wilson, Wilson is going to be fine. And what we have seen this season from Ivan Herrera when he comes up and then he goes down to AAA and continues hitting, 
continuous catching. And let's not forget, and I've talked to Ivan a lot, he learned by watching, by listening, by talking one-on-one, by asking from Yadier Molina. No, Ivan is not Ivan. Ivan is not Yadi. Nobody is Yadi. But he knows what Yadi did, and he is putting it to play. That's why he's turning into a really good catcher. So next season, I mean, it's going to be interesting. What do we do with Kisner? But Ivan Herrera, is, you know, his hand is, is up, saying, hey, don't forget about me because I'm ready. And the last thing you want is to lose Ivan in a trade or something and then have him flourish somebody else, somewhere else. All right. Thank you so much, Polo, for joining us. And before we go, where can everybody check you out and listen to you at other than our episode that I talk about or our podcast that we were talking about, Balk About It? Yes. You know, I've been refer- that, that, that podcast or that talk has been referred to me as the couple you never knew you needed. So come, <laughs> talk to, come back with Brooke, with Polo. Look for us on on on, uh, on the YouTube page, the one on one ESPN, of course. My social follow Asensio, Twitter, follows you on Instagram today. I'm about to head out of here. I'm gonna go play some golf with the Cardinals. And then later I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, cook some Mexican or style food, some tacos with uh, with Paul Young. Maybe Hicks is still around here and we have a chance to make it right for his last meal with some really good tacos instead of his choice. But hey, uh, thank you so much as always. Hey, don't forget 880 La Tremenda and the Spanish Broadcast Network. You can listen to Polo Asensio, Benji Molina for your Cardenales. Again, like I always say, there's still time, right? We have more games to play than we are back in the settings and anything can happen still. I know. Looking for the future, but hey, who knows? You never, 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 never know. Right, Kerry? Never know. Never know. Thanks, All right, guys, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. That was Polo, Polo Asensio, the Cardinal Spanish broadcaster. You can also check us out, Balk About It. That is Polo and I's podcast, and it's on 101 ESPN and also on YouTube. Coming up next, we have the fight, and we need a fighter, right, Rock? Yes, we do. Because you will be going head-to-head with the Super Bowl <laughs> champ, uh. Carrie Davis. <laughs> I was going to say heavyweight, welterweight. What do you want to be? Featherweight? Oh, no, no, no. I'm heavyweight. Featherweight is like 115 pounds. If people haven't seen you, I could give you whatever weight you wanted. Well, yeah. I I haven't been 115 pounds since I was like eight. (laughs) 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 The smallest fullback, Jacob Hester? Yeah, he's probably. Like 200, like 10. He was like. He was like 210, I played at like 230. Yeah. Oh, man. There, there we go. go. He played like 210, 205. All right. Well, we have the fight coming up, and we'll pick a fighter. That is coming up on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the Super Bowl champ Gary Davis and Matthew Rocchio. Rocchio and I are just having a ball okay, with all these new one names. Okay, Hicks to the Blue Jays for Sam Robertson and Adam. You could say Robertson, but Robertson. Robertson. Yes, because remember that's how yeah. he said it. Sam Robertson, Adam Kloffenstein. Yes, not Kloffenstein. Thomas Sajay. 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 Okay, so more like like Uncle Jesse. Sajay. Okay. And then 
Takoa Roby. Yes. And then. (laughs) Robert say. And it's not John King. It's Jean. It's Jean. Jean. Jean King. King. Yes, exactly. It's it's just John King. Literally, we we added some new names to the all-time best Cardinals names list. You got a sense of humor, and I appreciate that. Uh, We we love it. All right. Well, it is time for the fight. Carrie Davis is going to take Megamind's spot today. And he's going to take on Jean. And he's going to take on Jean. Jean, how are you doing today? Good, good. We we've decided to name you Jean. Yeah, you're Jean. Jean. Are you are you ready to take on Carrie Davis in the fight? That's fine. That I'm the average Jean. Oh, I love that. We we like you a lot, Jean. All right, we'll go ahead and get started here. Question number one: Happy birthday to Hall of Famer Demarcus Ware. Which non-power five school did he play for? Was it Marshall, Troy, or Southern Miss? Marshall. All right. There was only one college program to have more. I should say there was only one division one college program to have more than two 2000 yard rushers in school history. Which big 10 program is it? Is it Ohio state, Iowa state or Wisconsin? Um, Ohio state sounds obvious, but. I think that Jonathan Taylor went to Wisconsin. Um, Archie Griffin won the Heisman a couple times. I'm going to go with Ohio State. That was my first thought. Question number three. Wayno and Contreras are both members of a rare club. Players who hit their first career home runs on the first pitch they saw. Which team did Wayno hit that debut home run against? Was it the Giants, the Padres, or the Braves? Oh, geez. I have no idea. Um, and I just heard that commercial, or I saw that commercial, <laughs> but I don't know if they mentioned the teams. Gotcha. I'll just go in the middle with the Giants. All right. South America and Europe are the only continents to host to have World Cup winners, and only eight teams total have won the competition. Three of them are from South America, Brazil, Argentina, and which other country? Is it Peru? Uh, I gotta go with Brazil. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're giving me that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so, eight, eight, total te- eight total teams across uh, all World Cups have won. Three of them have been from South America Brazil, okay. Argentina, and which other country? Is it Peru, Colombia, or Uruguay? Oh, uh, geez. I'll say Peru. All right, we'll right. double check the Brooke, score. Brooke, we gotta make sure I, I gotta make sure I do this outside of the camera. Okay, Brooke, check the score. Double check the score. You want me to check on the camera? No, to see no, if you're no I, I, away? I, I'm, I'm looking at the cameras here. Can you see okay. me? Okay, we, we good. Yes. All right, mm-hmm. we will go get uh, we will go get Carrie Davis. Carrie Davis. Yeah, I don't think there's too much to add up there. <laughs> oh no! You, you don't feel great. You don't feel great about it, Jean. Well, I'm just glad I played as Jean instead of myself. <laughs> So, yeah, you kind of went in disguise. Look, you never know. You never know how things could go. Maybe this might be an off day for Carrie Davis. Who knows? Uh, It didn't feel good. (laughs) Carrie, are you ready? Say hi to John. But we've been calling him Jean in honor of Jean Jean King. Okay. Hello, Jean or John. How's it going? Well, it was going good about 10 minutes ago. Well, hey, hey, hey. you got me today, not Randy, so you, the luck is on your side. Yeah, I don't want to say that's a better chance, but 
It's a better chance. It's a much better chance. You can say oh. it. It's okay. I believe in both of you guys. Anyways, right. we'll get started with question number one. Happy birthday to Hall of Famer Demarcus Ware. Which oh. non-Power 5 school did he play for? <laughs> he went to the, and I don't know if it's University of or it's Troy. With Detroit University or University of Troy. I, I remember that. I believe they played Bama and he went off. I think that's kind of, I believe that oh, was really? his, okay. uh, his, his kind of coming out party. He's right before I started getting involved in like the yeah. draft after like really deeply 05. I'm good with that. Yeah, right. DeMarcus. There's only one college program. I screwed this up again. Sorry. There's only one Division One college program that has more than two 2,000 yard rushers in school history. Which which Big Ten program is it? Ooh, Big Ten, because I initially would have went to Oklahoma State with Barry and Thurman, but that's changes things. Big Ten, two. 2,000 yards more than 2,000. There's only one D1 program that has more than two 2,000-yard rushers. And not seasons, different players running for 2,000 yards. Throughout the the history of the 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 school, they have multiple players. All right, so I would say more than two. Not Maryland. At least three. I would say not Maryland, not... And I gotta go down. Maryland. Not Northwestern. Who the hell thinks Maryland? I, I think of the Big Ten. I, because I know they're in the Big Ten now. Uh, Iowa... Penn State, Penn State, Penn State feels like Ohio State, no, Michigan, nah. Purdue, definitely not, Illinois, I would say no, I think I would know that. Uh, I'd hope so. Get to the obvious ones. I did, I, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, I'm going to say, I don't I'm missing. Start with Maryland. I'm gonna say Penn State. Ugh, okay. Wait a minute. Oh, no. It feels like eh. Larry Johnson rushed for like 1,800 in 2002. I know because he had like 350 on us and had a 80-yard touchdown called back. I'm gonna say Penn State. I hate it, but I like it. Okay. <laughs> I need okay. the options for later. <laughs> okay. Question number three. Wayno and Contreras are both members of a rare club. Players oh. to hit their first career home runs on the first pitch that they saw. Mm-hmm. Which team did Wayno hit that debut oh, home run against? Man. Were you, like, foreseeing I, the future a little bit? No, because I, I've seen the commercial. I love the commercial. And you can hear the audio. But I can't hear the audio right now. <laughs> Give You're me trying the to, like, options. Tap in. Okay, you want that option? Yes, please. Giants, Padres, or Braves? Well, if it was the Braves, I think we would know that. So I'm going to scratch them off. I feel like it is the G. Ooh. I want to say Giants, but I'm going to go Padres. All right, Carrie, South America. And- <laughs> that's, that's not a great laugh. <laughs> no, neither is, neither is when I started a question oh, with South yeah. America. South America and Europe are the only continents to have a World Cup winner, and there are only eight teams to have ever won the World Cup in its history. Three of them are from South America. Brazil, Argentina, and which other country? Uh, Colombia. 
I said that with a lot of confidence. You did. I did. You did. Yeah. I like Good that. Good thing it was wrong, and we're no. going to a tiebreaker. Get- oh, Rock, you didn't even, like, you didn't even want to build up his confidence a little bit? No, I had to, I had to, I had to dash it against a wall. <laughs> Sorry about it. It was just like, anyways. Now John's uh, walking wrong. on cloud nine because he's got a chance to take a fight away from Carrie Davis, and we're going to go to a tiebreaker. The rules are simple. Carrie, oh, needs to get a piece of paper. We're nice. going to read out the question, and it's whoever's closest to the pin. I will read out the question. We'll let Carrie Davis write down his answer. We will then get John's answer audibly. Carrie Davis will then show the camera and tell us what his answer is and whoever's closest to the pin is the winner of today's fight john do you understand those rules i do i was just afraid uh carrie was going to hurt himself on that 2000 yard question yeah i almost did could you see the smoke coming out of his ears on the camera uh yeah i mean it was painful to listen to oh, oh damn Carrie, you can't let him win now. Carrie, oh, do you have your is, piece, do you have a, your piece of paper? I do. All right. John, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. A few uh, fights ago, I threw out a question that Justin Herbert was second behind Dan Marino mm-hmm. for the most passing touchdowns in a player's first three seasons. Mm-hmm. What is Dan Marino's record for the most passing touchdowns in a player's first three seasons? What mm. is Dan Marino's record for most passing touchdowns in a player's first three seasons? Just a moment, John. Oh. We're letting Kerry write down his answer first. first. Three seasons, 30, 90. Why would you do the math audibly with the I'm listener th- oh, can also sorry. hear you? <laughs> Seems My like bad. a bad decision on your part. Don't show the camera this, by the way, either. Kerry okay. has okay. his guess. I don't think I can see that on the camera. No, you can't see it on the camera. Okay, we have Kerry's guess. John, what is your guess, sir? I'll say 125. Feels like a lot. Carrie, your guess was? 92. Can you please show that to the camera just for uh, evidentiary reasons? Thank you very much. Does Carrie Davis slip through by the skin of his teeth? Is he, for once, more nervous than I am going into a, going into a day of work with Randy Carriker? You didn't have to do any math here. That's uh, a bit problematic. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Oh, no, no one of you is a lot closer. Okay. One of you is a lot closer. I'm sorry to say this. Does Carrie slip through by the skin of his teeth, or is John, John, coming through for round two against Megamind? Step up in quality. No offense, Carrie Davis. John, is he feeling good with a win, but feeling a little nervous for Tuesday, or is Carrie feeling good all overall? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carriker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. That's all that matters. They don't ask how. They ask how many. Unfortunately, John, it's 98 for Dan Marino's passing record through his first three seasons. Kerry Davis guessed 92. He was six off, and he is close to the pin, and he is the winner of today's fight. All right. I don't mind losing on a football question to Kerry Davis. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. And let's go through those answers. Happy birthday to Hall of Famer DeMarcus Ware. He did, in fact, go to Troy and in Alabama. And then had a big game against Alabama. Helped him get drafted by the Denver Broncos and eventually, or excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys and eventually put up together a Hall of Fame career. The only college program to have more than two 2,000-yard rushers in school history. Kerry Davis, how did you not get this one? It's obviously Wisconsin. Come on! I didn't even get to Wisconsin in my brain. Ron Dane, Jonathan Taylor, St. Louis in, Monty Ball, Ball, Melvin Gordon, all of them topping the 2,000-yard mark. I didn't even get to Wisconsin in my brain. That's what I'm saying. 
I would have. I would have definitely. That Ron Dane did it twice were, right before you entered the Big Ten yourself. You were listing it out. I was like, I was waiting for I Wisconsin I was to come back. I was trying to hurry. You mentioned up. Maryland and Northwestern well, because I got them out of the way. Okay, I had well, to get them out of the way. Yeah. I, I was trying Surprise to run down you were going all of the through teams. the great Boilermaker running backs while you were get, there. I didn't even get Nebraska. Uh-huh. Which, no, you didn't even then. because I don't count. No, you shouldn't. Wayne and Contreras are both members of a rare club. Players hit their first career home run on the first pitch they saw. Adam Wainwright did it against the San Francisco. Giants. Yeah. Carrie, you gotta stick oh, with it. your gut. We're learning lessons today in the God, fight. Stick eat. with your gut. And South America and Europe are the only continents to host a World Cup winner, and only eight teams have won the competition total. Three of them are south from South America. It's Brazil, Argentina, and the team that won the first ever World Cup, and then like the fourth ever World Cup, Uruguay. Oh, the smallest of country, I, I believe, still the smallest course, country Gary. by far to win a World Cup. They won the first one and like the fourth one in the 40s and 50s. It came from my brain. I see how Randy It's a rough place up there. It's a bad place, Carrie. It's not, it's not a good place to be. There's World Cup trivia up there. It's it's rough. Oh, it's man. Unsafe. Lots of history stuff, too. All right. Thank you so much, Rockio. Hey, thank you. And thank you so much for John, John. Joining, us the, joining the fight and joining the show today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Been wanting to do it for a long time and finally got in. Oh, good job. Absolutely. Thank good you, to, John. We'll miss you. Your name being John and it being spelled with an N was just, or no H oh, was just perfect. Oh, it was beautiful. It was perfect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was the fight. Coming up next, we have bird watch or bird droppings, maybe for some. That's ahead on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for our favorite segment of the day, Bird Watch. It is. So, Brooke, we were obviously talking about the trades that took place over the last couple of days. Uh, the Cardinals were traded away Jordan Hicks. They traded away Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. In return, they got Sim Robersa and Adam Kloffenstein, and also they got Takoa Roby, John King as pitchers. And so, I'm asking you, we were we we obviously know that Jordan Montgomery is gone. Uh, Jack Flaherty potentially gone at the uh, trade deadline, not solidified just yet, but it's been uh, uh, been talked about it at lengths. When you're looking at this rotation for not only the rest of 2023, but going into 2024, how confident are you? Because for me, I think we have a lot of potential. We have a lot of guys that are mm-hmm. are showing that they could potentially be the the prospects and maybe the 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 starters and stars that we need, but. It's unseen, and that's the part that scares me about when you make trades, known commodities for unknown commodities. And Takoa Roby now coming over is the fourth-rated uh, pitcher in our uh, minor league system, ahead of, uh, right behind Gordon Graceffo and ahead of Michael McGreevy. Sam Robersa is uh, also ahead of Michael McGreevy as well. But the unknown of these players, what you got in return, we don't know. We know Jordan Hicks can throw the ball 104 miles per hour. Now, will he have great location? Maybe not all the time, but I think that that's something that can be worked on. But what you got in return is uncertain, and what you need in this rotation is starting pitching. You need major league-ready starting pitching. And I, I, for me, who's going to get the opportun- opportunities going down the stretch? Because we've seen Dakota Hudson. We've seen Matthew Libertor. Do you give a Gordon Graceffo an opportunity this year? Do you give a Michael McGreevy an opportunity this year 
to actually get some games under their belt so they can be prepared for when 2024 hits? I think 100%. I think that especially I can see Michael McGreevy after things clear out with the trade deadline. I can see Michael McGreevy coming up. He could even be a potential, another Matthew Libertor, another four or five for next season. I would like to see him come up here soon and face some major league hitters. For Gordon Graceffo, I think that they might wait a little bit for him. I think that you, I personally, I would like to see him this season. And I agree with Polo, what Polo Asensio, the Cardinal Spanish broadcaster said a little bit earlier, why not just start bringing some of these guys up here? Why not? Why not when we know the rest of the season, John Moselock did stick to his word. They were sellers and we are not done yet as what it seems like. Why not bring up some of these young guys, see what they have so that you can also give them things to work on going into next season. What's the harm in that? Steven Matz, which I will touch on here in a minute, that's at least an encouraging sign what he's been able to do in the month of July. You're going to have Miles Michaelis return next season. Mm -hmm. Matthew Libertor, we'll see what happens with him. But why not see the potential of some of these younger guys? It's also important to note John King. He's not a starter, but he will be a reliever. He will likely join the club, I would assume, by Tuesday. He's just going to be an innings eater mm-hmm. when we're looking at some of these bullpen games down the stretch. And for Sim and for Kloffenstein, there's a lot of high upside. They are very young. You might look at their numbers and they're not going to jump off, jump out at you. But still, there's a lot of potential there. And it's you're not going to see blockbuster returns in these trades, but potential league-ready young talent that's just going to be right around the corner. And it's important to note that Sim and Adam Kloffenstein will be going to AAA Memphis. Yeah, I think the I think that's what this the rest of this season is. They, they're going to have to give guys opportunities to play to uh, see who can play, who going forward is going to be on your roster, who going forward you can trust in, in high leverage moments. And you mm-hmm. got to get these young guys opportunities. The only way you're going to know if they, if they can play is if you give them the opportunities to do so. My bird watch. It's okay, my little birdie's a little late. There's my birdie. I'm just going to touch back on Stephen Matz, which I just mentioned there. I feel very encouraged with how he's doing, and I, of course, would like to see what he does the rest of the season. But he looks so much more confident out there, doesn't he? Yeah. He looks more convicted with his stuff. He, it looks like a, just a totally different person. He looks confident. He looks like he has regained himself. Somebody pointed out on the text line earlier, remember when Adam Wainwright, when he said on Wednesdays with Wayno, what was that, like a few weeks ago, he mentioned that he watched Matt's mm-hmm. in a bullpen session. He said he's got his stuff back. Yep. Wayno was right about yeah. that. Matt's looks fantastic. Right now, in five starts, he's only allowed a total of five earned runs, and he has an ERA of 1.69 in those five starts combined. So it's been a really great, encouraging month of July, and that is something I can at least feel confident in moving forward when you're looking, talking about what that starting rotation will look like. John Moselak even mentioning yesterday that now you might not be putting his name in pencil as a part of that starting rotation for next season. You could start putting that in pen. Yeah, he's done a great job these last um, few starts that he's had, and, and hopefully this is just a thing where he's gained confidence and He's doing much better, um, and and this can be something that we can build on for the future. I mean, we he struggled to start this season, and it was not great, and he got sent to the bullpen because of it. And so now yeah. he's back in the starting rotation. Regained hopefully, his form. hopefully he doesn't let that go, and hopefully he can stay there. And and because the Cardinals, they got they need five starters. Please, yeah. <laughs> please, and he's a friend of the show. We're we're rooting for him. We are rooting for him. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we have our rush hour reset. What are the Cardinals going to do as we approach this trade deadline? We'll dig into it next on the opening drive. Your- 
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. You know, as far as like like what expectations are, I think we'll allow the remaining part of, of this season to play out. I think um, obviously it's it's immediate depth, um, as, as you guys can imagine. There's been times where we've had trouble even filling out 13 roster spots up here and so i think the the flexibility that that this does for us is pretty immediate but we also do believe that some of these young men have some upside that will contribute for a long time here that was the cardinals pobo mo i like to say that pobo mo (laughs) pobo mo it sounds like a delicious sandwich uh that was the cardinals pobo john mosaloc yesterday Talking about all the moves that the Cardinals made yesterday, I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker with the day off, but we also have Matthew Rocchio here with us. And it's very interesting because a lot of people are still trying to understand or feel out how things are going because this is a very weird situation for the Cardinals to be in and Cardinals fans to be in where you actually are true sellers at the trade deadline. You're seeing pieces go. So just to recap all the moves that were made yesterday, the Cardinals making two major trades involving Jordan Hicks and Jordan Montgomery. Flamethrower Jordan Hicks was dealt to Toronto in exchange for the Blues number seven prospect, right-handed pitcher Sim Robertsa or Robertsay. We've heard both, but we also have video of him saying Robertsa. <laughs> so we'll we'll figure that one out. He is from the Netherlands. And also right-hander Adam Kloffenstein, a 21 and 22-year-old 20, double-A starters that will be heading to triple-A Memphis, according to the Cardinals. Shortly after that move, the second deal was announced. Starter Jordan Montgomery and reliever Chris Stratton dealt to the Texas Rangers in exchange for their number 11 prospect, right-handed pitcher Takoa Roby, and their number 14 prospect infielder Thomas Sujaci and left-handed pitcher John King. He is 28 years old, so he's expected, I would assume, would be here by Tuesday. He's going to be an innings eater for this club. The other guys are kind of in that wait-and-see mode. You don't yeah. know what you're going to get with those guys, and that's always the fear, right? The uncertainty. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. Like we talked about, the potential of losing those guys in free agency and not getting anything in return. It's it's a better situation but I, I said it all along, the Cardinals, the notion that the Cardinals would get something big in return for for a Jordan Montgomery or a Jordan Hicks was probably not going to happen. And so now you got guys here, you got more depth, but what does that depth bring? What what will they what role will they fill on this team? And and you know, we we're gonna be looking at potentially replacing three of the starting five in the rotation. Which one of those guys are going to be the ones to step up? Is it some of the guys that are already here? And, and we talked about McGreevy or Graceffo. Are those some of the guys that are going to be able to step up and take the reins and be in that starting rotation? Um, and what are the Cardinals going to do in free agency? Are they going to go be spenders? Because if not, you're going to be looking at a repeat of what 2023 was. And I don't think anybody wants to be in this same situation. No. This time next year, it would be it would be egregious to have to have that same situation and be in the same situation this time next year. So 
You're going to have to go out and spend some money in free agency. We had Polo on. He talked about Julio Urias from the Dodgers potentially uh, putting a bug in Moe's ear and saying, hey, he's a free agent. Let's let's talk to him. We've talked about Aaron Nola, Blake Snell. You got to go out and get an ace. Spend some money. Spend some money. Go get an ace. Go get a number two slash number three. And then you have those young players fight it out for that fourth, potentially fifth spot, depending on what Steven Matz does. Yeah, knock on wood, barring any injuries, Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz are for sure a part of your starting rotation for next season. And it is just such a weird position for the Cardinals to be in because what did John Mose like say before these trades were made? They were going to be focused on pitching, pitching, and more pitching, yeah. which they did do that. They did get some pitching, but you also had to give away some pitching. I think that's always a hard thing to really rationalize with everybody. But the way that I just keep looking at this is that you're giving away two months of Hicks and and Jordan Montgomery and these other guys, because remember, that's they're just rentals. Right. And so to be able to get the return of these potential major league ready prospects and arms is really interesting. And even though they were focused on pitching, I'm really excited about infielder Thomas Jacey. Mm-hmm. There's so many stories and articles out there about uh, about him and his potential. And it seems like he could be. And this was John Mosaloc's words, a potential Brendan Donovan like player. And you always like to hear that. Well, I think the question I would have is that they have infielders. And they they have have outfielders and they drafted an outfielder in the first round. Where are all of these people going to play? Because if you don't, it's a problem. It's been a problem all year. (laughs) Pitching has been a problem, but so has the log jam in the outfield. And then you had injuries in the outfield. So then you had infielders in the outfield. Then you had a catcher who was going to play in the outfield. You just got a lot going on with this team right now. And, To a degree, that's a good problem to have because your hopes are when you have a lot of talent that the 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 best will rise to the top and then the other ones will just settle there that you will be able to separate them. The issue has been it hasn't been a lot of separation throughout this entire season for the Cardinals roster. And that makes it tough on a GM. It makes it tough on a coach deciding who plays every day. Dylan Carlson should probably be playing more, but he's not going to get as many opportunities except for in the seventh inning when he comes in and takes out Jordan Walker. That's another story. That happens. And so Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out where these players are going to play. And then you add another infielder. I don't know if the Cardinals are are looking to move some of these position players before the deadline, before 6 p.m. tomorrow. I, I, I would think so because you have to clear some space for Jordan Walker, for Lars Newbar, for Tyler o- O'Neill, or Dylan Carlson to play every single day. You have to clear some space for, for Nolan Gorman and, and Brendan Donovan when he's healthy, Tommy Edmond, or... Mason Wynn when he's up here. If you don't trade Paul DeYoung, what are you going to do? It's a log jam in multiple spots. We know first and third base are solidified, but all of the other spots, there's a lot of players for for not enough spots. And that's the million-dollar question, or several multi-million dollar question, is who is going to be moved next? Because we still have Paul DeYoung that is around. That's a move that will likely happen, we assume, before the trade deadline. You still have Jack Flaherty here, and we keep hearing Dylan Carlson's name, but Tommy Edmond is also another intriguing name. But I just want to touch real quick before we go to the sound from Craig Mish. Another thing just to throw out there, because we keep talking about these log jams and what are you going to do with all these players? We could also look at this talent that they just brought in, this young talent. Will they be used? Some of them likely for next season, but also is this talent that could help with possible trades during the offseason? That's another way to look at sometimes some of these talent. But we did have Craig Mish on earlier, and he was the one that broke the news about Jordan Hicks going to 
the Toronto Blue Jays, but also we asked him about Flaherty and some potential other players that could be on the move. There's a pretty good chance that Flaherty's moved in, in the next day or two. I, I do think the Cardinals have other things happening also, and I think that other players will be moved, maybe some that haven't even been mentioned yet, so I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on that and see. But it does feel like they're going to be one of the more teams in, in sort of reconfiguring what their team looks like for next season. As far as Flaherty is concerned, he's kind of the big chip, I think, that they're holding as far as an expiring contract. And then they do have a glut of middle, middle infielders and even outfielders to this point that they could trade who are under contract for the future, that they could try and get a pitcher or two that could potentially help them in the future. So I, I do anticipate them trading Flaherty, and I do think the Cardinals are going to make other moves too. That's interesting. And he, we also played the audio earlier where he mentioned that maybe the Marlins and their familiarity, Skip, the familiarity with the Cardinals could be a fit. I don't know. I still could think I still could see Flaherty and Dylan Carlson maybe being a package somewhere. What do you think Skip is asking for in Miami from the Cardinals? Mm, that's a good I, question. I could, see, I could see him asking for Brendan Donovan. Of course. I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, I, mean, I mean, he could ask, gotta, but that doesn't mean gotta, that we don't we want We got to make sure he's able to throw before we uh before we make any That's trades important. it's very important um obviously nolan gorman would it's be nolan on, the, on the menu it's nolan you know it's the cardinal, but, but what they're going to get player. in return what are they going to get in return because I, i'm telling you i'm not trading a future all-star potential 40 home run hitter for anything less than the pitcher that you let get away before you're not tra- they're not trading you sandy okay well, why not <laughs> then you don't want <laughs> nothing happening do you, when you why trade, would they trade away? Why, why would the Cardinals trade away? Because they are the ones who are, they're posi- they're dealing from a position of of the, non strength. Clearly, weakness, clearly the 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 Miami Marlins have a an issue in in that order as well in that area as well. Mm-hmm. So you need something, we need something. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. Yeah, but the but the Mar- that, the Marlins would be punting on winning a round of the playoffs. Hey, it sounds you like only, their but, problem, but saying, not ours. You have to think about it from the Marlins' perspective. Their thought process is. If we get into the playoffs, Sandy Alcantara can win us a game in the yeah. wild card round. He can win us a game in the in, in, in the division series and the championship series in the World Series. No matter what he looks like in the regular season, they think he can do that. So there's no reason for them to punt on a potential playoff run that they're preparing for with this trade and then make the trade. It, it makes no sense for them to do. I, I am not disagreeing. Do they make it to the playoffs if they don't have any any hitting? They're probably they might be limping into the wild card, but they're probably still a wild card team. Okay, yeah. well, they good luck then. Some, they need some bats, and luckily the Cardinals <laughs> do have some bats good available luck. outside of Nolan Gorman. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see Nolan go, right? No, no, no. We but, don't. I don't think he, point, I don't think they should trade him. No, but if again, I, I feel like the Cardinals have overvalued their their people in comparison to what other teams have. All right. Well, that is our Rush Hour Reset. Coming up next, we're going to head to the celebrity line to talk to Post-Dispatch writer uh, Lynn Worthy. And Lynn, just coming out with an article this morning about Stephen Matz. We were talking about him. We'll talk to him about the trades, but also Matz and the rest of the starting rotation. That's coming up next on The Opening Drive. You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And we go to the celebrity line and visit with Post Dispatch, St. Louis.com, St. Louis Today.com, Cardinals beat writer Lynn Worthy. Lynn, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. How about yourself? We are doing wonderful. I am just wondering, Lynn, what are your thoughts on the trade deadline so far for the St. Louis Cardinals, the pieces that they moved away and the pieces that they brought in? Uh, well, I don't think there was really any big shocks there. I mean, you knew they would probably look to move the guys who might might be gone at the end of the season, the guys who could be free agents, you know, with Jordan Hicks, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Chris Stratton. Um, the only thing, uh, you know, I, mean, I think people still – we're still waiting to see whether or not Jack Flaherty or Paul DeYoung joins that group. But um, these are all guys that, you know, they could lose at the end of the season potentially and uh, not get anything for. Um, the question, in my mind at least, was always, are they going to be able to get guys who are close to the big leagues in return for trading away guys who are basically rentals? Um, and, you know, that's I think they've done a pretty decent job, at least at this point. I mean, you haven't seen any of those guys. Nobody's, you know, had to throw a pitch <laughs> since they've been traded. So, I mean, it's, it's all sort of a lot of speculation. But, I mean, you didn't get guys who were 17 years old. You got guys who were pitched at double-A, going to be assigned to triple-A, guys who, in theory, could be, you know, pitching in the big leagues next season. Um, and I wasn't sure how how much of that was going to be possible because, again, you're trading away. I know people look and say, Jordan Montgomery's been really good for you since you've been in, in St. Louis. Um, but you also trading him to a team who's only got him for two months. So you don't know for sure that you're going to be able to get a guy that can help you next year and maybe for multiple years for a guy that you're trading that's, you know, the team's getting them is only going to happen for two months. So, um, yeah, so that's that's basically, you know, what, how I'm looking at it so far. With Jordan Hicks, I, I know there were talks that he could poss- possibly being, be re-signed. Uh, that didn't come to fruition. What are your thoughts about him and potentially coming back after this season? Well, it was it was interesting yesterday to hear, you know, Ali Marmol and John Moselec basically leave the door open for any of these guys to come back. Um, and and uh, in that same breath, um, Jordan Montgomery, you know, he was still there um, when the clubhouse opened afterwards and stuck around, talked to the media after the trade went through. And um, I asked him that question, too, because he sort of, I forget what the comment was that he made, but it sounded like he was leaving the door open. And so I asked him, I said, are you leaving the door open? Because it sounds like they are. And he said, yeah, definitely. He's not, you know, it's a great organization. He, I mean, he's going to be a free agent. So, of course, he wants all the teams bidding on him. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I think they they definitely are leaving that door open. And I think Ali Marmol was the one that was really interesting because he, he, he seemed to mention it before it was even asked that, you know, all three of the guys that got traded away are guys that they would be interested in, in having back and that they, they enjoyed having. And, and Jordan maybe Jordan Hicks maybe even more so than the other guys since he's a guy that came up through the system, a guy that they've all seen, a guy that you know, Ollie has seen from the time he was, you know, um, you know, a young guy who made the jump from I think he, he skipped over even double A AA and triple A. So um yeah, I think that that wouldn't be out of the question. But again, free agency you never know what's gonna happen. Lynn, you came out with an article as, that says, as the Cardinals pitching staff gets reshaped, Stephen Matz continues to try to plant a flag. We were talking about earlier Stephen Matz and his resurgence, especially here in July. Does that at least make you feel a little bit more comfortable going to next season? And what else do you need to see from him the rest of this season when it comes to putting his name in pen in that 2024 starting rotation? Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing that makes you, that gives you encouragement is that you've seen it over about a period of about five starts now since he's come back from the bullpen. The beginning of this season was just really rough, really shaky. I mean, there's times where, I mean, I think you might have been there a couple of times post game where he was talking and you could tell he was just 
seemed like he was um, he was shook a little bit about the way things were going, about you know his curveball, about just a lot of different things, and they ended up going to the bullpen, and he came back seeming like he's got a little bit more of a uh, a confidence to him, you know, a little bit more of a determination, a, a conviction in what he's doing. Um, that first start back in Chicago against the White Sox before the All Star break, it looked really different, but that was one start. So now you you see about you know five starts, and you're saying, oh wait a minute, this is what people thought he might have been when they signed him. Obviously injuries last year, but I mean he's done that before in the past. You know, go back to New York where he's part of a team that went to a World Series. Um, and you've only got two starters right now that you know are going to be back next year, so you need him to be pitching well because otherwise you got one one that you count on, one that's shaky, and then the other spots up in the air. That's that's a rough way to go into an offseason. Lynn, there's been a little bit of a log jam. Obviously, we've traded some pitchers away. Is there potential for any of these position players? You got Dylan Carlson, who has been talked about. You got uh, – Lars Newbar has been spoken about potentially being traded. Tyler O'Neill, maybe not so much as of late. Uh, how do they rectify this logjam, both in the outfield and in the middle infield? Well, I'm not sure that I see um, O'Neill or Newbar. I think Newbar, they just really love um, O'Neill. I think it, because he's missed so much time this year um, and because I think he needs to play to show that he's healthy, to show what he can do, and he's actually looked pretty pretty good since he's been back. Uh, but I think that has to. They need to be able to show that and almost showcase that over a period of time, and then maybe off seasons when you look to maybe try and do something that, along those lines. But I think he just hasn't played enough for that to be a viable option. Um, and I think they really like Newbar, and they feel like there's still upside there, and they really like what he could be, um, and a guy who's going to be under team control for a while. Um, Carlson, I think ends up being the odd man out, not because they don't like him, not because they don't feel like there's still more they can that he can do. Um, I think just to just because there might be value there and also because um, you know, they they need to clear up the outfield situation. The beginning of the season was just sort of a mess because they had too many guys, not enough playing time, then you had injuries and you moved different guys into those spots and it just turned into uh, too much to be manageable. Um, so I think I could see something happening there. And then on the middle infield, you know, we mentioned uh, Paul DeYoung could be, um, it's, a, it's an option at the end of the season, so he could be a free agent. Um, and you've got a guy like Mason Wynn knocking at the door. Um, Tommy Edmonds should be coming back this coming week here from the IL. Um, and it's almost, uh, you know, you almost forget because he's moved around so much that, that was your opening day shortstop this year. Um, who's got a gold glove at second base as well. Um, so uh, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if the young, uh, you know, gets moved. And if not, um, you know, right now you're also, you know, obviously Nolan Gorman is there. He could also be a DH if you need him to. Um, and depending on what happens with Dylan Carlson, I mean, not Dylan Carlson, but Brendan Donovan, because he's, you know, not able to play the field right now. Um, so I think there'll be a little more clarity with that middle infield one way or another, whether that's Tommy coming back and, playing some there or if uh, the young gets moved uh, I'm not sure that we see Mason anytime soon but I wouldn't be surprised if you know depending on what moves made uh, if he does make an appearance do we have any update on Brendan Donovan and his throwing ability yet do, do we know when he'll be able to start throwing no no it's it's shut down and I think um, they're still considering you know there was different options between, you know, he got a second opinion and the medical staff, uh, he can't throw right now. And it's a matter of whether or not they're going to be able to shut it down and get him back to throwing again. Um, I know surgery was one of the options that was on the table. It hadn't been decided on yet. 
Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, more clarity in the next couple of days, a week or so, I would guess. But um, right now he, he can't throw. He's still DH only, and, and they're trying to use it, work around that and still use him. I know that they talked about yesterday briefly about the possibility of seeing Mason win, which I'd assume we would see him this season. But what about some of the other pitching prospects like Gordon Graceffo or even a Michael McGreevy? Do you think we'll see them after the trade deadline? The tricky part about that um, is going to be depending on what moves get made and where they stand with their 40-man roster and if they have to add guys. Um, Because I believe at this point, neither Graceffo nor McGreevy is uh, currently on the 40-man. So depending on if you you trade for guys who are going on, if you're trading for guys who aren't going on, then maybe you can move some of these guys up. Um, That, I think... Uh, would probably be a big factor in whether or not you see them in the major leagues. They have to be to the, on the 40 before they go to the majors. Uh, and I'm not sure that the Cardinals are in a rush to do that, um, especially if they if they have to, you know, um, you know, DFA or trying to move somebody off the roster to make that happen when they could, you know, wait and uh, let those guys pitch in the minors and think um, both hadn't gone to AAA until this season. So, um I'm not sure if they they rush to do that or if they look to you know some of the guys who are currently on the um, the 40 man who and obviously you still have guys like Libertor who's up now um, to go to Hudson whether or not we see um, they've already said we're going to only see Zach Thompson in the bullpen for the rest of the season but um, whether or not they reach down for somebody else and um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that looks because you're going to have you know two months where you'll have some other other guys and chances to see some some new faces and that starting rotation and sort of see what you've got going forward. Well, Lynn, we're about 30 hours away from the trade deadline. We'll be watching. I'm sure you will as well. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Take care. That was St. Louis Post-Dispatch and St. Louis Today. Dot com Cardinals beat writer Lynn Worthy joining us. Get your texts in. The Cardinals are approaching the deadline. We want to know your thoughts. Who do you feel like should be moved? Who do you feel like should be who? Should, who do you feel like should be staying? We want to know your thoughts. Mike drops reactions. You can text into the Air Comfort Service text line at three one four three nine 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 six four six. That's three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! <laughs> Get your texts in. That's next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred one. ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Opening drive. Brooke Rimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. Randy Carricker with the day off. He's actually, it's a Cardinals charity golf tournament, which yep. is a, a little suspicious. We were talking about this earlier that maybe the Cardinals purposely did one around because a few things happening this past yeah, weekend, especially yesterday. Things. Yeah, a few just, things. Just place. a few things. Uh, you know, I don't know. He, I don't know what he's missing. I mean, he's... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it's it. It's just the trade it's deadline. Missing the jump rope we're playing with the with these new pitcher names. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it is. It okay. is. <laughs> just to go back Sim through. Sim Robersa. Robersa or Robersa? Sam. We've heard Robert. of Sam. I said Robert. Sim. Oh, okay. Robersa. Sim. Robersa. Robersa. I thought it was Robersa. 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 Yeah. Sam Robersa. But not Adam Klofenstein. Okay. Yes. Stein, not Stein. Thomas. Sajessi. Mm-hmm. So JC. 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 So JC.
my brain. Sanjay no, Illinois. You son. Oh, I'm never going to see that kid's name oh, right again. God, God well, bless it. Just to get back on track. Track. Excuse me. Now I'm getting thrown off with all these crazy names. We are going to go over real quick. Just the trades that were made. Jordan Hicks was dealt to Toronto in exchange for the Blue Jays' number seven prospect. That is, what do we want to say? Roberset. Roberset. We don't know. Robertson. Sam Robertson. Right-handed pitcher. You said it Sam three Robertson. times, and you said it differently all three times. I love times. that. From the Netherlands. Sam Robertson. Hi, this is Sam Robertson. I'm from... You see? Sam, Sam Robertson. Robertson. But go. to be fair, we pointed this out. It's on social media. He has mispronounced his own last name several different ways. So this is why we're thrown off. It's amazing. another Arenado Arenado situation. It, if you say it... Are you technically mispronouncing it, or are you no. just saying it the way you want to say it Who at that knows? time? You it's can your name. You can there are only two things I can't stand in this world. <laughs> people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. There you go. Also, they were able to get right-hander Adam Cloffin, Steen. Thing. We like that one. They will be heading to AAA Memphis. Jordan Montgomery and reliever Chris Stratton headed to the Texas Rangers in exchange for their number 11 prospect. That would be Takoa Roby. Also getting infielder Thomas Ujaysi and right-handed pitcher John King. John. We know it's John, but still. So the big question, and we'll go to the text line now. That is the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. How do you feel about the trades thus far, and what would you still like to see moved moving forward? I, I, I'm reading a text right here from the 618, which I, I think is very rational. It, okay. it makes a lot of sense for me. It says, trade Newt trade Newt Bar, Newt Bar or Carlson with Flaherty and a prospect like Graceffo or McGreevy for Logan Gilbert. Trade Paul DeYoung for a bullpen piece. Your rotation for the remainder of the year is Gilbert, Michaelis, Mats, Libertor, and Wainwright. You tell Libertor he has two months to prove it, and they have a future in the organization. And and so and then you go in the offseason, you sign someone like Nola or Udius, and now that person takes the place of uh, Wayne Wright. Now you're looking at – I actually like that mindset. Newbar Carlson are going to be traded. You don't want him to go. Here's the, here's uh, the thing. You, I'm just going to point out one thing, though. They are not trading Lars Newbar, And that's not just me saying that because I'm the nutty neuters of Newt Nation, president, CEO, and fan club member. But they have literally said that basically in reports, Katie Wu of the Athletic reporting that, what was that like last week? Yeah, Lars Newbar and Derek Gould have both said that he is essentially an untouchable, somebody that they're seeing as a part of this course. Well, so well. I don't see Lars Newbar being in these conversations. We'll revisit that in 2024. Yeah. Um, they uh, said that yeah. about Dylan Carlson I was in 2022. The next time the Cardinals put out a lineup where the shortstop is Tommy Edmond and the center fielder is Dylan Carlson, I'll pay attention to that. Okay. Well, I do agree because Lynn Worthy did mention that you would probably need to see Lars Newtbar more on a consistent basis for him to be brought up. I think Dylan Carlson, personally, I think that that's a name that it's ironic because you weren't going to move him. He was Mr. Cold Dead Hands. Now it seems like he's likely on the move. And I think we, we, we talked about it on Friday. Our big fresh take was why is Carlson the, the odd man out instead of a guy like Edmund, especially when you consider the potential. And I don't think we got a good answer the, the, and figured it out. And still to this day, I'm still wondering why it's going to be Carlson, if only because he has a better value on the market. That's the only thing that makes sense to me is that his value on the market is, 
is bigger than Edmonds, and therefore his value on the market compared to Edmonds' value to this team going forward is outsized, and that's why it has to be Carlson. Beyond that, I can't really figure it out. We did get an interesting text here from 636 uh, in reference to that uh, clip from uh, Craig Mish where he talked about a player who isn't being talked about potentially getting moved. He says the name that isn't being talked about trading to the Marlins is Kisner or Herrera. Could it be one of the catchers? Now, he's the thing. He didn't mention catcher. He mentioned outfield. He did. Infield. And them having some pictures for the Cardinals to go for. So there's not really – it's do not you know congruent. Who does? Not you, know. you know who needs a catcher, though? The Yankees. Uh, do they, now, do they have a lot of money to spend on a catcher? They got money. They have an endless pile of got money. They got, money. They they got, got buckets. Uh-oh. They could soak up like 80-something million. Nah, they're not going to do that. He's, He's a, a cardinal. I, I, the fact I that people continuously yeah. trying to move Wilson Contreras and his eighty-seven point five million dollars—it's not going to happen. Thing. The Rockies ate fifty million of Arenado. I don't see why. So, so you think the Cardinals are going to eat fifty million, forty million, half of the contract? No, I'm just saying that, for him that to the, go play somewhere no, I'm else. That obviously, 50, if, it's not if, happening. The Yankee, if the Rockies can afford fifty Who? million, what team? The Yankees can pull off eighty million. Oh no, hey, don't worry about that. He's not. Wilson's not and, going and anywhere this I season. I like Wilson Contreras. I, I, you I'm know, not taking down my. Banner. I am. Uh, I am a Wilson Contreras fan, so I don't think you're a that stand, he should be as the kids say. Yeah, a little bit. Fan yeah, I, stand. Think, I, I think he's worked his butt off. He's he's shown his worth, and hopefully, you know, the rest of this season he can continue to. Play well, hit well, and they'll be okay. Somebody said if they need an outfielder, send them Wilson. Uh-huh. I forgot that he was an outfielder, right? Uh, right? He's right? going to be an uh, outfielder. Droid FX, one of our very consistent listeners on the YouTube channel, says, The Newt has been raising his value, and he will get you more than Carlson on the market. And that's get what nuded. it boils down to, is what Who's can better you get center in fielder? return? Get nuded. Who's the better center <laughs> And here's the thing. Who's the better center fielder? 100% just talking about defense. I think Carlson's a better center fielder than, than Newt Bar. Look, I will I will not doubt or fault you for that. I personally have been saying, even though I am a big Lars Newt Bar stand, I think your best center fielder is Dylan Carlson, and even Tommy Edmond could be your second. Lars Newt Bar, I think, has the potential to be a great center fielder, but I like him more in the right field position. But you just have such this this kerfuffle, I guess, with Jordan Walker and if they're going to get him more reps in the outfield and what that's going to look like. It, it's just a very interesting situation that you have to somewhat figure out going to next season. I'm fine with Alec Burleson being the fourth outfielder. What I, what I hope for is consistency, and that's in the lineup, you know, uh, every single day, knowing who's playing where. Uh, where they're batting at. I would prefer that they bat in the same place, but obviously based on who they're facing that day, you might change it up. But knowing that you're, you, you are a starting right fielder, you are a starting center fielder, you are a starting left fielder, first base, second base, second, shortstop, third base, you are our guys who are going to start at these positions. And I think a lot of times all season long, we talked about it every single day. When you go to the ballpark, you don't know where the hell you're playing or if you're going to be playing. We didn't know. Maybe the Cardinals, maybe the players yeah. knew, but we didn't know who would be playing where. And I think that that, that – Inability to have a consistent lineup is part of the reason why they struggled. You couple that with the poor pitching that took place all season long. All of those things were a recipe for this team to be as bad as they are right now. And I think somebody pointed out on the text line that Dylan Carlson, even when he was healthy, Tommy Edmonds was still your starting center fielder. To me, that's when it started to be really clear that they were fine with moving on from Dylan Carlson. Yeah, and and that text is 100% right. I just think that we – I don't think we've gotten – a clear answer as to why that decision was made at the time other than them already making the decision. They're going more towards, they're more focused. I think something clear from the season, they're more focused on power 
and hitting rather than they're fine with sacrificing things defensively. But then Carlson has They still don't trust him against righties. That's fair. They don't trust him against righties. That's a big thing. It's not not nothing. I understand they have to fix it. But again, (laughs) they're so damn tired. To Carrie's point, though, (laughs) to Carrie's point here. So the Cardinals are putting Just fix it. The Cardinals, you are, you are a professional baseball player. You are a professional athlete. Fix it. I agree. Whatever it is, fix it. Nobody. They, they, I'm, I'm at the point now. Okay, here we are. Nobody cares about excuses. Nobody wakes up every day and cares about anyone else's but, excuses but, but, but when Carrie, you are a professional athlete. Carrie, fix it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, No one cares, man. Nobody cares. Fix it. That's all you got to do. Find people that can play, play them every day, and fix it. Don't do nothing else. No one is worried about anything else. No one outside of the Cardinals organization cares. Fix it. I don't want to give a damn how you fix it. Fix it. Just figure it out. Fix it. I, I want to figure it out, and I want to I want to try to figure out what went wrong and why they, they made any decisions. What the bottom wrong. line is, it's wasting time because they Fix made it. the decision Carlson's not is not in their long-term plans. I haven't figured out why, but that's the decision they've made. We're just going to have to live with that one. One more uh, thing I wanted to get in here from the 618. When should be starting this homestead and on the off day today? On on fire there in a time where Tommy's hurt and DeYoung's going to be traded. Give him the at-bats in a lost season. Should Mason win already get the call up or just you just sit back and wait till September? I, I think that you bring him up What are you going to do with soon. Paul DeYoung? Well, he's, he's, he's moved today. He's moved today. He's moved today. Just he's fix it, today. man. I, I, all that other stuff is, is, is nauseating. It's making my ears hurt. It drives me crazy. No one cares. You can't hit right-handed pitchers. Just bat right-handed from here on out. Fix it, man. We, we are professional athletes. Fix it. That's your job. Fix it. But he's he said that he nah, didn't get enough bro, of the opportunities. Nobody cares. But then also there was like the World Baseball nobody Classic, cares. and then there was like the that ah. Wilson Contreras situation was really distracting for ah. all the players. Well, they, they, you know what they can do? They can fix it. That's how they do that. Simple. Bob the Builder any, fix it. Do you have any advice on how, how they should fix it? I, I, I don't play should professional they, baseball. Should they stop, pick, should they stop having Dylan Carlson switch hit? Uh, if that's what fixes it, yeah. Okay. You can't hit le- you can't hit righties. Okay. Well, how then does, don't. How does Matthew Libertor get his um, velocity hey. back up to the level at the Throw majors that it was at the minors? Because drink he's, a protein he's... shake before the game. I don't know. Okay. Fix it. Okay. Thank you. That's all you got to do. Be a little nervous, a little tummy trouble. Just everybody fix it. (laughs) Whatever. Is that how to fix it? Yeah, fix it. Okay. Well, John, (laughs) you heard CD. Uh, Get after it there, buddy. (laughs) That's Brooke. I'm Gary. Coming up next, we got a little bit of rock and roll. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for a little bit of rock and roll. Yeah, and just uh, a little housekeeping, because we were talking earlier uh, with the Miles Michael situation against the Cubs. Derek Gould tweeted, you can check him out, at D Gould, about uh, 30 minutes ago. SEL cards have Miles Michaels lined up to start Tuesday as the Twins visit. It's Jack Flaherty's turn in the rotation, but the sense internally is it's not fair to ask Flaherty to prepare to start in the event he does not get traded, and possibly he gets traded at the deadline. So there is the Cardinals move with the 
Michael is returning from his suspension. Also, the trade limbo still causing some things to be up in the air because, again, the Cardinals back in action. Not today. They have a day off today. They are back in action to start the post-deadline season at 645 on Tuesday. So literally the deadline will end as the starting pitcher on Tuesday is getting ready to kind of complete his final warm-up. And so, yeah, I I understand what they're doing for Flaherty. I like what they're doing for Flaherty right there. That's a good move for the Cardinals. That'd be a little tough. And he he didn't pitch much in that last game. He pitched bigger than Miles Michaelis. Yeah, right. (laughs) Did something happen? (laughs) He got thrown out. This weekend, uh, we were talking about it during one of the breaks. This weekend has been so long and so much happening yesterday with the trade deadline. I completely forgot about all the whole Miles Michaelis situation. I did like what I agree with what Polo Asensio said earlier. I thought that was great of Miles afterwards to just stick up for Wilson Contreras and go out there and say, like, that's my friend. That's my teammate. Imagine if some other people would have done that a little bit earlier this season and Instead of just throwing him completely hey, under the well, bus. We might not be in this position, bro. Maybe. That might not be. I don't know. I'm still blaming the World Baseball Classic. Oh, okay. Well, fine. That just, we just never, we never Can't had a get chance. get enough. Yeah. Man, we never man. had a chance. We're the only team that had players in the World Baseball Classic, I guess. Yeah. The Padres did have quite a few, too. Well, they, they're not great either. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Mets excuse? <laughs> Speaking of which, what is the Mets excuse? They just excuse? spent money. This sometimes it, yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. Also, I wanted to throw this out. I just showed Carrie and Brooke this in the break, but <laughs> something's happening in St. Louis. I was driving into the opening drive today down 270, and I was behind a truck for the almost the entire run down 270 from 44 all the way past um, 40, where, where, where our office is. And I realized about would halfway through. 270? Would be, it, since there, you're going north. This I wonder. Why is it? It, it, it's really uh, up and down, really. Yeah, I was wondering. Okay, what about highways that are east and west? <laughs> okay, well, I'm just asking. You weren't going east and west, sir. I was. I'm, I, I just asked the question. Don't 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 get mad at me. Oh no, <laughs> I was going up or down the highway. I never know the whole streets thing. If it's a one way street. I get it, but if it's a two way street, now I'm screwed. Right. I'm so well. Yeah, it's a lot. I discovered that we we have to do a little. We have to do a little marketing. We got to get the word out there because there's a there's a segment out there that, and there's a sponsor out in St. Louis that we need to get in contact with because I was driving behind Neuter Construction oh. the entire way into this show. I was driving past Neuter Construction. N-O-O-T-E-R. It, it literally like, could not be any more perfect. Sounds I like need, they are missing an opportunity. We need Neuter Construction to get in contact with somebody because I want Brooke me. to be me, me, me. sponsored by Neuter Construction so badly. But I am worried. Okay. I am worried that he that won't. I didn't remember this. I took a picture, but I didn't remember this happening until we got into the discussions about Newt getting traded oh. because his value is higher than ever. Was maybe this no, a see, sign from the universe? That, when you speak that that talk on a Monday, responds. on a I Monday before the trade deadline, was this a sign that what could have been? Did oh, we miss out on a no, chance because unfortunately, is Neuter not going to be here to then work with our good friends? Hopefully, at Neuter Construction. You know what? You can go and get neutered. That's wow. how I feel about it. Oh. I'm glad you said it that way. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> the other ways I've been saying. Because the nutty neuters of Newt Nation, we are going to buy into what Katie Wu of The Athletic and Derek Gould of The Post-Dispatch have reported a few weeks ago in saying that Lars Newtbar is somebody that they deem as untouchable. I know that I've seen texts where people are saying, why is he not untouchable? I don't make the rules. I didn't make the rules for this. But it seems like they see him as at least a core piece for 2024 as they're looking to build towards that. And for Newt, is it Neuters? 
construction? Is that what it is? Rockio? Neuters construction? Rock. Uh, yeah. Yes, neuters. <laughs> neuters construction. I think that you need to work with me because we, <laughs> we can get something good going here. It's, we can it's, have we can have daily so large newt bar updates brought to you by Brooke Grimsley, the president and CEO of the Nutty Neuters of Newt Nation fan club. You, you get, Somebody, yeah, get, somebody's yelling at me. Use the right terms, rock up or down two seventy. Again, you if you tell me that it's north, up, you tell me that it's up two seventy because it's north. Tell me which way up is when I'm going east, east, west on forty four or forty. You're you just going tell, west or east. No, no, no. You can no, no. I no, <laughs> no. Going east. I do not accept it. Three one four. When I'm going west. You're Am I going, going up west. or down? You're answer, not going. You're no. going. Answer you're going the freaking west. question. You're lying to me at this point. You're going because west. you're still going up or down. No, 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 no. When I was when I you lived, te- you definitely no, no. are not going. When you're up or on down. a residential street. You're going you, no, west. No. When you live on a residential street. Hold on a second. Let me, let me finish my point. When you're on a residential street. When you're on a residential street, that's a two-way street, and your parents say, "Hey, go up the block to your neighbors, or go down the block to your neighbors. Which way's up and down? If you're on East West Street, that's two-way. Which way, Carrie? Which way's up? Which way's down? You just go exactly to, to my your point. neighbor's house. See, this person saying use the right terms. There are no terms. You, crazy you are people. you are incorrect, but that's okay. Also, shout out to Jordan Hicks, um, whose last meal in St. Louis was a medium 12-inch cheese-only pizza from Emo's and, and a 20-piece Provel Bites. The well, man knows right. what he likes, He'll and be what back. he likes is I good like cheese. It. He'll be back. Nicely done. Nicely oh, yeah. done, Jordan Hicks. That, that Provel cheese. Woo! It's the best. Good job today, Rock. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks. Brooke, good job. Thank you. We will be back tomorrow. Randy will be back tomorrow. And we, uh. Hey, Carrie, thank you. Thank you. My man. Coming up next, we got a balloon party. Yes. Uh, T Mac and AJ? It's fair that you ask. Uh, It is fair, right? I I don't want to assume here. Surprise hour. (laughs) Let's talk more, Cardinals. Coming up next, a balloon party with T Mac and Ajax until tomorrow, St. Louis. We'll see you. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.